0: In the land of Mordor, in the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Sauron forged in secret a Master Ring to control all others. And into this ring he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. One ring to rule them all.
1: We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Dies and comes back.
0: He actually comes back as Sean the Clear. Beyond Bilbo. Well, no, I just looked it up, and you're entirely right. We're gonna, you're going to trim this down and then do an extended version.
2: Hello and welcome to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good.
0: The greater good. Here's where I panic when I just realized I should have looked up how to say the greater good in Elvish or Dwarf. Mm. Oh. And I completely whiffed on this chance until 10 seconds ago. Oh, well, do you, well, you want me to do yeah. it?
2: We'll save it for do you. The, have uh, it? Yeah, ready? Yeah.
1: Oh, thank you very much, uh, The Greater Good. <laughs> that's, that's the Elvis Elvish yeah. Elvish. version.
0: Elvish. That's you perfect.
1: Yeah. You're welcome.
2: <laughs> nice. That's great. <laughs> well, well, Sam, you've you got right some time. You, tonight. This is great. Yeah, go ahead and look it up, Sam. While I keep doing the, the thing, yeah. you, you can find it. It's great. It'll be for the extended version of the podcast. Oh, okay. Perfect. We're going to have a theatrical cut, and then we're going to uh, uh, release six months later at three times the cost. A, a special edition. <laughs> um, I am going to tell the Andrew story, not you Andrew, the other Andrew story about the extended editions. but before I do that, I must tell us tell our listeners what we are doing tonight. This is episode 381 and tonight we are doing doing we are talking about Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. This month, the month of February, we are doing Lord of the Rings. I am so very excited for this. This year marks the 20th anniversary of Lord of the Rings, or I guess specifically this movie. And so, Mm. yeah, I'm so excited to talk about these movies, because these movies have been a big part of, I'm sure, all of our lives, really, since they came out. Um, So I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. It Comes in Pints is his actual middle name jimison
1: it it really is and by the way sean uh my children were both conceived to this movie um just (laughs) so my middle name is very i'm kidding i don't i don't know um (laughs) i I think one of them was bad boys too anyway um yeah hey how we doing guys it's good to be here yeah um I can't believe that Lord of the Rings is 20 years old now. And yeah, it makes it feel old, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, does. it does. More so you than me. But okay. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's
2: move on. <laughs> uh, Sam <Why>? uh, <laughs> talks to moths in order to get a ride, Vector. I mean,
0: it's the it's the Uber of the, the Middle Earth. That's, I mean, it's, it's wow, you're exactly right. what it is. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. And Sean. Yeah. Just so you know, yeah. If if I were to kill you in this movie, yeah, I would have pushed you off one of those no-railed stairways in an instant <sighs> in this movie. <laughs> that would right? be the worst. And then you like,
2: "Oh, he tripped," and I would fall for forever. Like that would be yeah. a nightmare for me. I
0: mean, it's it's amazing that you know. I guess both Lu- you know Lucas and Jackson are on the same page that uh, nothing should ever have fall protection. Yeah, in their. Uh, well, the, the dwarves, areas.
2: were they're, they're not into OSHA. They're just all about digging and, and building, and they don't care about railings. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, making his uh, triumphant return. I don't know why I always use that word triumphant. Maybe reluctant return? Let's try that one. Making <laughs> his reluctant return is Cameron negotiated a second breakfast at his job from the Green Shirt
3: Podcrat, Podcast. Podcast. Every I
2: don't know where that came from.
3: Every time, absolutely. Thank you, guys. I'm excited to uh, to be here. I'm happy to be back sitting in the Council of Cheap Seat, whether I was invited or not. For uh, yeah. I've been in a trilogy of cheap seats yeah. so far.
2: Yeah, I it is interesting number, how Sean. yeah I the just... three of us were invited to a secret meeting and you were not. Mm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean... Because of that, since you uh, after falling down the stairs came back as Sean all good the white, all red, all red the red, white. Yeah. I would kill you by stretching you by scraping you thinly across a piece of toast and then eating you for second breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: but I'm kinda I'm kinda mealy and gamey. I don't really know if you want to do that.
3: You know.
1: So if if Sean the White dies and comes back, he actually comes back as Sean the Clear. <laughs> yeah, I actually become more white. Is
0: that a chicken? A Sean um, yeah. yeah,
1: Sean
2: T'Clear. There you go.
0: Nice.
1: Ooh, yeah.
2: that's the name of our episode. <laughs> the Soft clear. Yeah. Sean I like it. That's great. Um, <laughs> boy, we're only 13 <laughs> minutes in. We're off to a good start.
0: Yeah. Who knows what uh, what might pop up later? Yes. Mm. Hopefully not the sun for Sean, because if he if he burns as he is now when he comes back, holy crap! It's like vampire. Well, the problem just, is, is that I'm so the dust.
2: I'm so actually translucent that I'm like a walking magnifying glass, and ants everywhere die <laughs> like anywhere near me. They just get
3: burnt. You leave them. a trail of steam. Yeah, as, as you walk. <laughs> yeah. Did this, did this turn into a Sean roast all of a sudden? Did I? Should I prepare oh, it more for does. this? Oh, Sean. Yeah. Oh, Sean. Yeah, that's a Sean. Your only list the, of allies have grown thin. Only <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is great. Um, the no,
0: shit broke a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So at some point Which Sam tried to here. tried to break it with an axe and it didn't work and yeah. yeah and then Andrew tried to steal my microphone and made that hissing noise like Bilbo does. It's <laughs> it's all been kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're yeah. off, like I said, we're off to, to a good start. Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring, directed by
3: Peter Jackson. That's uh, Sir Peter Jackson to you. Oh. Is he a Sir now? I didn't know that. Yes, he he's knighted.
0: Yeah. Well Yeah. Wow. Okay, but the Queen of New Zealand
3: knight, I don't know if that counts as much, but. Oh well, if it's not English, I mean, <laughs> New Zealand is it? It's like,
0: do they have like government? It's like Monopoly money, right? Yeah. It just, just kind of exists. It's there. So yeah,
2: I'm to say I don't know. Do we like? I just assume I, that everyone in New Zealand is like, uh, Taika Waititi,
3: just kind of walking <laughs> yes. around going, "Hey, man."
2: Uh, <laughs>
3: Well, New Zealand is, is Middle Earth, so, so it would make sense yeah. that they'd have nights. Yeah. God, I mean, watching this movie totally makes you want to go there, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, it I, is a yeah. four-hour travelogue to this
0: place. That, my like, mom
3: and dad went to New Zealand once when I was in college, like three years after these movies came out. Oh. And uh, they took my sister, and I still have not forgave them for that. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you go? Exactly. Oh, man. Wasn't even invited. Busy with my schooling, I guess. I don't know. Schooling, whatever. Guys, how are we going to talk
2: about these movies? I don't know. We're going to figure something out. Okay. So, um, yeah. So to your point, Cameron, specifically, how are we going to talk about these movies? These movies are beloved by most. Uh, well, they, it's they not are. All. Yeah. yeah, I would. I'd say all. I mean, it, my wife is not beloved to this movie. No, she, she does doesn't. Not, uh, she doesn't like it. And I know. I know some other people. Who were kind of the same way they're like, oh, the first movie was really boring, and I just couldn't get into the rest and whatever, and never read the book. But
3: I took my mom to it like one of the five times I saw the first one in the theaters. And I remember uh like and she knew there's other ones, but like it, it was around the it was like almost 15 minutes over, it was near the very end, the big fight with the orcs, and she's like, God, just throw the ring in the volcano already. Yeah. And I was like, Do you do you not know? This, how this is going to unfold over the next three years? Yeah. <laughs> no, she did. She didn't. She thought that they were all self-contained stories. I'm curious. Yeah. Did, yeah I mean,
0: did, did anyone else an have that experience? To fly over Mount Doom and just dump it in. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, right.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't have sorry, that Sean experience. Buster. He asked if any of any of us, any of us ugh, I can't talk. Any of us had had that same experience, and oh. I didn't have the same experience, but I do remember because Harry Potter came out the same year. Sometime in that time frame, right? I do remember seeing that and comparing it to this and thinking, I kind of wish each chapter had a close like Harry Potter does. You know, ha- has a nice end cap, even though we know it's not finished. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You still feel that way? Sure. Mm, maybe a little. My hmm. experience was I mean, they'd have it with to... my wife. And having to sit there and listen to her sigh the entire time <laughs> oh. and roll her eyes and oh. generally, you know, the malaise in her uh, body language was uh, was very well spoken. Oh. In this rough man, so it's, That's, it's always fun to have that kind of movie going experience.
2: So Andrew mentioned uh, that this came out similar, the same time frame as Harry Potter, and I remember for some reason. At least in the small group of friends that I had in college, it felt like there was a you were either a Harry Potter fan or a Lord of the Rings fan. Because I remember our what Sam?
0: I said you're right. It was it's like a mirror image of where you either have to be a Star Wars or a Star Trek. You know that to science fiction is this to fantasy.
2: Yeah, which is dumb because you can like both or whatever. But I remember in both
0: cases it's dumb.
2: Yeah, it is dumb. Um, And I remember our mutual friend Aaron. Coming to me saying, "Have you gone and seen the new Harry Potter bo- uh, movie?" And I said, "No, I'm I'm in the middle of reading Lord of the Rings." He's like, "Oh, you're one of those." Like <laughs> he said, that, <laughs> like, "You're one of those, right?" Um, Aaron's a sweet guy. I have to give him a hard time, but he's a sweet guy. But like, so to your point, Cameron, I was in the theater with uh, again mutual friend of the show, Andrew. Um, I've mentioned his last name before. I guess it doesn't matter, Andrew Lejeune. That's not doxing him, really. Um. Though, feel free to find them on Facebook. Yeah, feel free to find them on Facebook and and just like, you know, you know, be mean to them. But (laughs) we were in the theater and we saw this, and the credits roll, and people were pissed. People were screaming at the screen, going, "Wait a minute! That's how it ends!" Really? People were really mad, and I actually Andrew and I literally stood up and said, "There are two more movies coming." And people go, "Wait a minute, really?" Mm. And I said, "Yeah, there's there's two more movies." And they said, "Oh, okay." (laughs)
0: Like they didn't How know How could they not know that?
3: I mean, that I don't
2: know, I just surprises me. It's the same yeah. it's this is the same people that that you know 15 years later would take their children to go see Deadpool because it's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah, like they yeah. don't pay attention yeah. to things. Um yeah. and they're they're bad people. That's fine.
3: So Well, you were doing God's work there, Sean. Thank thank you for being there and setting them straight.
2: I mean, we yep. literally had to. So, I teased this a second. I have to tell this story before I forget because this is a story that's worth telling. And since I've already just mentioned Andrew, Cameron, you're going to love this story. Uh, Andrew Jemison, you were – I don't think you had kind of joined the group yet. I don't think you were uh, part of the fraternity yet. So Andrew uh, Jemison, great friend of ours. He's an awesome dude. But Andrew has zero um, social skills. And tact sometimes. <laughs> so he used to be the roommate of um, former co-host Cornelius on the show, <clears throat> and they you know they they lived together, and Cornelius live uh, worked at Walmart at the photo center in the Walmart in Boone where we all went to school. And so when these movies, this movie came out on the extended edition, right? It was like a seventy dollar DVD. You know, it's got four discs. Yep. And it opens up as a mm. map and. All this literature, I have it too. I have it too. I bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did too. I bought it a couple years (laughs) later when it went from like sixty-five dollars to fifty dollars. Right. Anyway, Andrew walks up to the counter where Cornelius is working, holding the extended copy in his hand, but keeping it down by his waist so that Cornelius couldn't see it, and says, "Hey, man, um, I'm going to be a little short this month on the power bill. Can you cover the power bill?" (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, I got you, no problem. And then I call him out. I'm like, dude, you're about to buy a $65 DVD. Like, that's your power well, bill. And Corny goes, wait a minute, are you for real? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, I'm not paying your power bill if you're going to buy the movie. And literally, he holds up the receipt and
3: says, I already bought it. So, <laughs> Well, he's going to let Cornelius watch it as well. Right? I mean, I think this is a fair trade. This is like Raw, air or food. Like, this is... <laughs> There's this isn't a question. He doesn't have the uh, so, option. So with the extended edition of Fellowship yeah. of the Ring drops with the most amazing behind the scenes featurettes of all cinematic time. You purchase it. Oh uh, yeah. man, I yeah. Cor- Cor- well, corny
2: almost jumped over the uh, the the printer and strangled him. It was amazing. It was,
1: yeah. I think what corny was really angry about was Andrew didn't ask to use his employee discount.
2: Yeah. What? Yeah.
1: And save save a little money.
2: Yeah, actually, that, I, I'm surprised Andrew didn't do that, because that sounds like something he would do. Let me uh, use your employee discount so I can buy this movie that I can't really afford, and therefore you also <laughs> need to cover the power bill. Cover for me for power. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing. All right, so enough <laughs> about my friends and their dumb stories. Let's talk about Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. So... Do I really need to get into who directed it and who stars in it? Do we need to do all that stuff? Or? Oh, I, we will. Sure people... It will be
3: discussed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. As we lay praise upon I it. I think,
0: though, so, just in case, we probably need to, to talk about what we're watching. You know what? You're right. You we know, do what's, need what's to... a good synopsis yeah. of what this thing was?
2: Especially since I asked Andrew if he was ready to do it before the show, and he gave me the look like, of course, Sean. I know my job, dumbass. <laughs>
3: In case any of those people from the theater you were in, Sean, are listening and just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so he just then looked it up.
0: So, good (laughs) job,
3: man. Yeah.
0: Alrighty,
3: then.
1: Uh, A meek hobbit from the Shire and eight companions set out on a journey to destroy the powerful One Ring and save Middle-earth from the Dark Lord Sauron.
0: I don't like the word meek. No, because I thought you said meat. I was like you know <laughs> a like there's a meat hobbit it is actually it's a meat hobbit and yeah. uh, and it's, you know you cook them up for second breakfasts is so. there, a, is, the there a vegan, is there a vegan is there a
2: vegan hobbit out there that i can get the uh, the un, un, <laughs> un, un what's the fake meat plant based meat unbelievable burgers what are those things called right beyond I'm bilbo still,
3: beyond, beyond bilbo, <laughs> beyond bilbo. <laughs> that's funny
0: <laughs> There's your episode title. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yes, I'll be on Bilbo Burger, please. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's the way to get me to eat one of those. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, guys. Denny's when the Hobbit movies came out, Denny's were having like these Hobbit themed breakfasts, and it's the only time I went to Denny's like (laughs) every other day. That's awesome.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. That's the only reason why you should go to Denny's.
3: <laughs> yeah. Overpriced.
2: Okay. Sam, what is what? your five-word review for
0: the? Oh, the, man. This I movie? get to go first. Oh, uh, what do, the heck do I do? Um, my first one, my first, uh, you know, I have two. Uh, and the first one is Staring Faces Going Places. I like it. There is a lot of close-ups of people staring into the middle distance in this movie. Uh, You know, and this time watching it with the CSR glasses on, there's a lot of close-ups. And a lot, especially of of good old uh, Frodo there. um, Yeah. And his gigantic eyes looking into the, you know, into the future perplexing. You know. Elijah's
3: eyes is one of my notes, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. But my, um, I guess... Uh, the big one here is my, made my imagination on the big screen. Um, yeah. This film, holy crap. Uh, everything I've ever imagined about Lord of the Rings, the Shire, uh, Sauron, uh, Hobbit, uh, it, it was perfectly encaptured by Peter Jackson and Weta and every almost every single scene in this film. Um, and, and I have not had that experience on pretty much anything else I, I think I've ever seen in the film where it is pretty much like straight out of, of what I envisioned the characters to look like, to be like the, the, the sites to look like. And it was almost in my mind, almost prophetic, um, you know, that I was seeing what I was seeing. Uh, this film is a warm blanket on a cold day. It, this a lot of people will say fellowship was too slow, and, um, I, and and they'll say that it took too long to get where it was going, but I think they had to do it. I think they had to to develop these characters to a point where you're going to care about them. Um, Gandalf had to fall, right? We had to have a massive casualty uh, to know that this this story could possibly not have a happy ending. There's stakes in the game. You know, we always talk about movies where there's plot armor and, you know, Frodo gets stabbed twice, uh, once almost dying, um, with it. And, um, you know, even Ned Stark there at the end, uh, with Boromir, um, you know, he, he dies and he, he dies a pretty heroic death after almost, uh, you know, stealing the ring. So, the story is there and, you know, we can't give Jackson too much credit on coming up with the story, but we can certainly give him credit for adapting and showing us what Tolkien wanted to show us. And, and, and the, the guts of, of what this book is, because there's a lot of stuff that's still not in this movie that was in the book. Uh-huh. Um, and, and some of the choices he made were actually probably pretty good, including the, uh, um, not Peter Poppendale. What
3: was that? <laughs> Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil. Absolutely. Thank you, so right? go yeah, cut, I, I, I can imagine them sitting down in the writing room, and the first thing he did was just stood up and ripped that chapter out of the book and said, <laughs> we're off to a good start. This, yeah.
0: this is bad. But there are so many good choices about what it looks like. He brought in the original artists from mm-hmm. uh, the Tolkien Estate that, that gave us the paintings and gave us... Um, You know, our, our visions of what this thing is, but a movie has to be more than the visuals. It has to be more than, than what we're seeing cinematography alone. sets this movie, you know, out, but the direction is just interesting, especially watching it with CSR glasses on this time around and seeing a little bits of horror elements in there that Peter Jackson loves to use and seeing how he takes his time telling a story. Um, the whatever they're in the elvish capitals, right? You got Rivendell, and you've got uh, I keep wanting to call it Lothlorian. Um, yeah, yeah that's is right. Lothlorian, right? I think so. Um, it time moves differently in those places, <laughs> 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 and it moves a lot slower. And I just that's the only uh, I don't want to say complaint I have about the film. But it just seems a little too slow at some of those places. The only big complaint I have in this film, I do have one, is the cave troll. And it's not that it looks bad. I mean, it does look CGI. It looks a little wonky at times. But the final shot of the cave troll dead on the floor in that room is not the size of the cave troll during the action shots. It is much smaller, and it almost looks like a matte painting. And the that's the only t- yeah, only time in, in this entire movie where it really took me out of a pretty fantastical story.
3: Well, Sam, if you're going to so. get hung up on scale shifting in this movie, <laughs> uh, it's not the only <laughs> scene. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah.
0: That's, well, that's the one that, that just sticks out to me fair, fair, yeah. a lot. Um, of course, the hobbits are all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. But it kind of have to be really.
3: I mean, in a charming sort of way. Like I, I do love that you can kind of see some of the seams, uh, even in a big film like this, and be like, "Oh, that's how they got that shot. Oh, that's exactly how, that's where yeah. they use the double. That's where they use forced perspective."
0: And the more you watch, the yeah. more you see it. Right. Yeah. The more you see the differences. the The big thing about this viewing for me is this is the first time I've watched this with my kids, mm. Mm. and if I think they were finally old enough to to really watch. This is kind of their first. I don't want to say adult movie, but but there's some adult stuff in this movie. Into ter- mm-hmm. you know people, gave actual deaths and and amputations and head chopping off and things like that. They loved it. They absolutely loved it. And my girls cried when Gandalf fell. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I you know you I don't want to say I love to see that they cried, but I love to see that they connected to the characters and really feel for them. Mm-hmm. They they gasped when. Um, Frodo got stabbed by the the cave troll. You know they 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 acted like I thought they would in a movie when you are completely encaptured by the story, and and are living the movie while you watch it. And that's a beautiful thing to me. It's so. a
1: fun time when you can when you can do that because it's almost like. And you know you have seen it before, but you're watching it again for the first yeah. time through their
0: eyes, which is exactly which is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. It's like watching, you know, when we watch Star Wars and they they gasped when they found out Darth Vader was, was Luke's father. You know, it's that same feeling. It's like, Oh yes, they feel it, you know, they they're they're going through the same thing I went through. And it was yeah. I had to say it, it was magical kind of watching with them and and I loved it. I, I had a great time. And we're gonna watch two towers together here in this Next week, we had to split it up between four days. By the way, yeah. there was no way <laughs> I could course. get my kids to watch, yeah. especially my wife, to watch this <laughs> thing all the <laughs> hours in a
3: row. Did you show them the theatrical or extended? Extended, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did watch the theatrical for this viewing only because I didn't have a lot of time this uh, week, <laughs> and and because I hadn't seen it in a long time. I was like, well, this will be yeah. a good excuse to kind of just revisit. And it, it's like watching it on fast forward. It's funny.
0: Well, you know, the crazy thing is I couldn't I, – it's been so long since I've seen it. I don't remember what was added and what wasn't because mm-hmm. I think I've only seen the extended version every time I've watched it since then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was interesting.
2: <clears throat> I watched this one with my wife, uh, and I, I took two nights to watch it as well. And uh, we've probably watched the regular version – probably three or four times together. And then the extended version I've watched probably twice by myself. So when we're, when we're watching it, she goes, Hey, that's a new scene. I'm like, Oh yeah. Huh? Oh, that's a new wow, scene. Wow. She do that. Okay. She knew it. Like Good for her. Yeah. She, she knew it. She really, my wife really gets into this. I, okay. Here's another Andrew story. I apologize. I said, I wasn't going to tell any more, but, and I'll probably, Again, his,
1: his, his, his email is AndrewSingsBig sings big at gmail.com. All right, go ahead. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> So so
2: I read these, I read these, so I, I watched the first movie, I watched this one, and then I said, oh my gosh, I have got to read these books. So then I went and read the books, and so she was a book behind me, so we bought the trilogy, so I read the first one, and then I went to Two Towers, and she read Fellowship. So by the time I'm done with the, the third book, and then she starts reading it. So we're in college at the time, and... Andrew comes over to the apartment and she is there. My wife, the then girlfriend, now wife is sitting there reading the book in the living room. And you know, she's pretty, pretty good through ways through it. I would say more than three fourths of the way through. Right. And <clears throat> Andrew walks in. And he says, Oh, are you, are you on the return of the King? And she says, yeah. And he says, have you gotten to the part where the Eagles <laughs> save them off Mount doom? And she says, no. And slams the book shut and says, but I guess I don't need to find out about it now. And never finished it. She was so what? pissed. She was so... <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> the I ending is so much more been, than that, though. I know, but I she's... I been so angry. Because literally the part she had gotten to was like she had just gotten to the part where the ring ends up in the lava. And like, like, oh, okay. Oh, well, she's basically... So she's yeah, like yeah. trying to, like, okay, how are they going to escape? And Sam's having this soliloquy about whatever. And then, like, she thinks that... Like, she doesn't know what's going to happen. And then Andrew's like, hey, have you gotten to the part where the thing... <laughs> she, oh, my God. She still brings that up. I mean, to this, like literally last week, she mentioned it to our kids when I said, Yeah, because Sarah says, Hey, what's your movie? Oh, this is what we're doing. And then she just rolls her eyes and she says, Stupid Andrew. And then (laughs) we had to explain (laughs) it to our kids why she said that. So,
3: one spoiler to rule them all. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Cam, what's your five word review? Sure, I've also got two. The first one's a little bit of a fudge, just like five and a half words. Uh, it is <laughs> the, stuff, word. <laughs> the stuff memes are made of. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure, it quite, is quite a, true. Yeah. such a different viewing now than originally because you can't help but like giggle when Boromir says, it is a gift. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> even intense
3: <laughs> moments like Bilbo's, like, why shouldn't I keep it? You're like, oh, yeah." every version of those memes flash through your head. It's. It's, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's a necessary evil when something becomes so ingrained in pop culture as this has. Um, and then my other five-word re- review is the right time and place. I mean, it is a miracle that we got this movie as good as it is. There's, of course, yeah. the whole story of how it was yeah. originally envisioned as two movies, which I'm not sure how it would have worked, but I'm sure PJ had a plan. But then I think there's like uh, a a shifting of management at Miramax and they said, we'll do it as one movie, but we're going to give you the option to find another buyer for it. And then it was a new line that said, well, why not uh, three like the books? So it's just happenstance that we got this amazing trilogy. And then Mm -hmm. it's mind boggling to think nowadays that this big production studio would be like, and uh, yes, you, Mr. Who's, like, The Frighteners is your biggest movie. Why don't you just go take all of our money and go down to New Zealand with all your buddies and just make the movie however you want? Just make your own backyard movie. And and that's, I think, what imbues the film with so much, like, of his character, like uh, you were saying, Sam, like those little horror elements and just, just made it feel both... Perfectly, Lord of the Rings, as you were saying, like his, this is the film I think everyone imagined in their head, but also perfectly like a Peter Jackson film, like it it has yeah. an identity and its own mm-hmm. character. And then <clears throat> the hold time, on. hold like, on, Cam, if, be-
2: before you walk mm-hmm? away from this moment, I want to stay for just a second.
3: Oh please,
2: something else to really think about too. Giving giving credit to New Line Cinema, saying what you said, hey Peter mm-hmm. Jackson guy, we don't really know very well. Like you said, Frighteners is your big hit. <clears throat> Not only are we going to give you, you know, three hundred million dollars to make this epic, but you're going to do this crazy idea of filming three movies at once, at once, mm-hmm. and spend
0: mm-hmm. oh, a yeah.
3: billion dollars. I mean, or however much they yeah. spend. Not the first time it was done, but it certainly popularized yeah. it. Yeah, uh-huh. right.
2: And it, yep. it. I mean, it, that, I mean, that's a that's a risk on them mm-hmm. because if the movies are bad, you know, like New Line yeah. could go bankrupt. I mean, New Line is yeah. not Disney. Where they go. can take a bath on a three hundred million dollar movie like you know John Carter and just move on.
3: Um, yeah, so. yeah, I would love to get a hold of like whatever his pitch materials were, like how he sold it to first Miramax and then, then New Line. Uh, I mean, just a slight correction: Frighteners not a hit at all. An amazing movie, but it did bomb because of really poor marketing. Sure. Uh, But I mean, yeah, that was his biggest budget yet. And then he had critical success with Heavenly Creatures, is probably where he got his uh, pedigree from. That was
0: after. That was after.
3: uh, That was before Frighteners, I think. No, Heavenly Creatures was before Lord of the Rings. Oh, I'm sorry, not Heavenly Creatures.
0: I'm thinking uh, Bones.
3: Yes, yeah. Um, Yeah,
0: very similar. What do you call that? Is it. Lovely Bones? Lovely Bones, bones, thank you. Uh,
3: But yeah, timing wise, I, I mean, just imagine if this movie were made five years earlier. Like the technology would not have been there to nope. to do the scope that he wanted to do. Like instead of mm. the great CGI motion capture Gollum, we'd have like the Chris Katanas Gollum version. <laughs> right. Uh, it, I mean, and I mean, I yeah. love the movies of the eighties. I love the fantasy movies of the eighties and the nineties. But it just would not have been on this level. And if it had been done five years later it all would have been CG and we wouldn't have had these amazingly like cool physical makeup goblins. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, some of the CG in this film is a little dated and not the best, but I think they use it sparingly enough that it works and they use the physical when they can, like the model work in this movie is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if you take a look at, uh, if
1: you take a look at the Hobbit series, Mm -hmm. most of that is CGI. And I don't think it's as good. I mean, the the movies themselves are not as good, but (laughs) Uh, but oh, the...
3: are you referring to the incident with the dragon? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I just love how Gandalf like sums that entire <laughs> prequel up with that. If it's you're just, referring yeah, it's to the incident with
2: the back. dragon, I merely pushed him <laughs> out the door.
3: Yeah. No, yeah. I mean it's I mean, not just a quick detour into Hobbit. It is sad when you watch the behind the scenes, like, because they did want to do the goblins physical and they had like this great like idea that just didn't pan out, and then they're like, Well, I guess we're CGI-ing over them. Yeah, hmm. yeah.
0: Well, and you know, the funny thing is I was watching this after I, you know, I, I think the last one I did see recently was the second Hobbit movie and and I never saw the third, but I always thought that they panned through the the locations way too much in those Hobbit movies. But then I realized watching this one, they do that in these too. I just don't understand why it feels so off in the first one or I'm Mm. sorry, in the Hobbits. Mm. Um, because it certainly doesn't feel that way in this movie. Mm
1: hmm.
3: Yeah, they they enjoy spending some time in the world for sure. Yep. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, I I I don't really want to go on to any weird tangents about the the Hobbit trilogy. Um, I, I <laughs> No, just, you're bringing
3: me back for that that month, right? I don't uh, no.
2: I don't think there's a way I would do that. I mean, unless someone <laughs> specifically requested it and then bought a t-shirt or something, like I don't I don't want I'm, to do those movies. I bought the or first you bought one. Maybe bought us dinner. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. I'm taking notes right now on what
3: I'm going to have to do. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
2: I I saw the first one in the theater and kind of liked it and bought it, Uh, bought the DVD or Blu-ray. And then I saw the second one in the theater and thought, what the hell are they doing? Uh, I just, there, there was too many things that they changed. The whole relationship between the dwarf and the wasp, like, it was just so weird. And then... And then the third movie is just nothing but it just felt like the third uh, Star Wars prequel. It was just CGI to hell. Um, yeah. I just ugh, the Battle of the Seven Armies. It it looked like a hot mess, and I only saw it the one time. So anyway, there's my whatever on the Hobbit. Andrew, what's your five word review?
1: Well, I have three tonight. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I've been, you know, I've been using my my five words sparingly. So I thought I would, since we have a three hour movie, I would have one for each hour. Um, (laughs) Walking, walking and more walking. That's number one. Um, Number two, best fantasy adventure ever made. Yep. And then number three, uh, game changing visual cinematic masterpiece.
0: Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is we talked about Gollum and not being able to, uh, to do kind of some of the stuff they were doing in this movie. They couldn't even do Gollum quite yet in this <laughs> first year, in this first going, right. Yeah. They didn't quite know how to do it. And it took and it, that entire year, that entire process to figure out how to make him believable to come in, uh, in the two towers.
1: You know, I think so. we would, we would have eventually gotten the motion cap the way that it is now. But if, If Lord of the Rings hadn't happened, it would have been, you know, the growth would have been stunted for many years, I believe. Uh, Because when has another character needed that? And when have people, you know, in big fantasy movies, right? And Gollum was that first. And by the way, let me me take a side road here. Andy Serkis. He deserves
2: an Oscar. He deserves an Oscar for this. Yeah, multiple
1: Oscars. Yeah, -hmm. agree. And,
0: you know, we aren't in the second and third movies where he really comes in. Right. um, To it yet. But by God, I mean, there were there were rumors going around that he was going to be nominated and Mm. should have. He He should have. And the only thing keeping him from getting it is the is the thin screen uh, that the computer put over his character, basically, because they they Mm. assumed it was an animated character and not him. Well, there's the, and it's just the Academy so of
2: uh, Arts and Sciences has never awarded a best actor role to an animated
0: character. Yep, and they won't. And they did qu- They couldn't quite connect the dots between yeah. whether it was animated or a real person. Yeah, so right. And if you if we really take
1: some time to think about the CGI in this movie, um, which I don't know of another movie before this that the CGI was done this well. Um, or not that I can think of off the top of my head anyway but if you compare the battle scenes not just in this but I mean we'll get into the other movies as we go on the next two weeks but if you compare this to um, to Avengers Endgame right <laughs> yeah. these battle scenes yep. i think they hold up against each other like they're that's how well it's done there yeah. are a few moments that are clearly a little a little wonky i guess you could say but yeah uh, for a movie that is twenty years old, I cannot complain. Mm-hmm. Yep,
2: I uh, I've made this point on this podcast many times, and I usually forget this movie as a stepping stone. I've I've, I've had this comment where there have been breakthrough moments in technology in film history, right? Um, uh, Wizard of Oz being the first film in color, right? Right? That's right right? Mm -hmm. Like that was groundbreaking. Color was groundbreaking, right? And then I think you have to go uh, some time and I think 2001 A Space Odyssey was kind of like your next big stepping stone, right? 1960, oh God, eight, right? That movie? And then Star Wars comes out and then you Mm -hmm. have another leap. Um, I don't really think there was a leap in the 80s. I just don't. You know, there's, there's some stuff in the 80s. I mean, ilm was invented in the 80s i know that ilm's first real big production was that three and a half minute video of the genesis planet on in star trek 2 <laughs> but <laughs> well, well I, I mean
3: you're probably getting to either jurassic park or terminator 2 in the 90s but, i think right. jurassic
2: park is the thing i i, and I always sure. yeah. use that one. Oh yeah jurassic park yeah. was the first time where we had CGI that looked so real that, you know, people were questioning how did they build a prop that yeah. was a 75 foot tall in
0: channel. the sun, in the mm-hmm. sunlight. Yeah, in daylight. It looked real. Yeah.
2: I'd say the next step is the Matrix uh, in 99. I, you know, the, mm-hmm. again, don't think of CGI because there's not really a lot of CGI in that movie. What the technology was the bullet time and using the
0: cameras.
3: Camera uh, use. The, yeah. yeah. I, I think, mean, that was definitely uh, uh innovation, but like, has that, that kind of seemed like a fad. That I don't know if that pushed technology forward in a way that we are still experiencing today.
2: I, I think it did to a point. That because I mean they were using that in like the Super Bowl, right, where they lined thirty you know cameras around okay. the top of the stadium, yep. and we we're getting different okay. angles. Like like I think the technology yep. helped push. Zack Snyder
0: would not be able to do what he does without <laughs> the Matrix. Yeah, I I think Fair. that's
2: correct. But I I always forget this movie because I always kick to the next step, which is Avatar. But mm-hmm. Cameron has said I couldn't I I I started working on Avatar when I saw that they had the technology for Gollum in this these movies. Mm-hmm, yeah. Once I realized that MoCap was a thing that could work and that you could act with, that's when he started working on Avatar. So I think Avatar is the next step. Um I, I don't know what the next thing past Avatar is. I mean, mm-hmm. there have been a lot of other really great c- c- CGI, but there hasn't been anything since Avatar. We went, oh my gosh, you know, like Whatever. So, anyway, that's that's kind of my little thing, yeah. There, but I do forget this movie. I do forget, uh, really, Two Towers. I think is kind of the 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 movie, right? Because not only does the Two Towers have, you know, Gollum, a lot of Gollum, you know, Andy Mm Serkis acting in water Mm -hmm. and you know with the environment, but you know, the Battle of Helm's Deep is also just this. Mm. You know, thing. So I I'm kind of with you though. The you know, the troll fight was a little it's a little weird. Mm. You know, the grays and the blues are kind of there's some weird b- blending thing. The um, the first honestly in the opening battle when Sauron is just knocking people around like they're ragdolls, yeah. the physics is a little janky. But again, for for 2001, I mean
3: yeah. <laughs> It's also the way it's used, like there, you know, it's this opening kind of, I mean, it almost feels like a dream sequence, right? Like she's telling this tale, so it almost kind of gets away with not feeling photorealistic.
1: Right. It's a retelling, it's the history of Middle Earth. Yeah. Yeah. As being retold.
0: It's it's almost as if they should have done a little like what they did in Harry Potter. Um, Actually, Harry Potter did it later, but where they go to that cool, really kind of animation where they're telling the story of the of the um, the three brothers. Yeah,
2: you know, that's and
0: and did the start like that, and could have possibly used art style like uh, Alan Lee, um, who we have to mention Alan Lee mm-hmm. um, and the, uh, the artist behind well, John Howe. John yeah, Howe yeah. Alan Lee?
3: Yeah.
0: Um, who, when you think of Lord of the Rings, they are what put the images in your head. So
3: yeah, hundred um, percent.
0: If they would have used some of their well style and animated that kind of like they were gonna do um Tangled was gonna be watercolor or something like oh, that. Interesting. Um, which yeah. is why it was the most expensive animated film ever made. So um but again, just a different style to be telling the story in. Yeah.
1: I think that uh an, another I mean, I didn't take a lot of notes, but some things that I just wrote down, um the There's a lot of imagery and a lot of, I guess, allegory, I guess we Mm -hmm. could say in this movie. Um, The scene that just stuck out in my head is when uh, Bilbo is walking out the door and he turns and he he can't let go of it. He can't let his grasp go. So he just turns his hand over Mm. to let the ring fall. And then that's not, I mean, if that's not enough, when mm-hmm. the ring hits the floor, it. it. just thuds. Pook. There's there's yeah. no bouncing, and so it just shows you the weight of this this character. The ring itself is a character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get and a ring POV shot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so stuff like that is littered throughout these movies, and and I love it. I think it's wonderful.
3: Yeah. Uh, oh wait. Do you have a five word review, Sean? I'm not. I don't want to jump over you. Oh, it it's fine. Go ahead. I just wanted to go back to uh, what Sam it's Sam Sam Wise. Should we call you Sam Wise? This this. Episode? <laughs> it's so weird watching these movies when they keep yelling my name. <laughs> it, it really is. It's, well, you are it's the weird. hero. Uh, <laughs> kind of what you were saying about like you know building the taking the time to build the characters. I've I've never felt like these any of these films are slow. They are long. They don't yep. you don't get done and feel be like oh that felt short. But I've never not wanted to be in the world. I've never wanted it to end. I I'm like just. Yeah, just, I mean, give me, like, a 24-hour loop of life in the Shire, and I am happy. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's the, that Shire I want to talk about, because, I mean, though it it spends its time not just building the characters, but the stakes and what is worth fighting for in this world. And it is, again, I watched the theatrical version. It takes 50 minutes to leave the Shire in the theatrical version. I'm sure it's over an hour in, in the extended mm-hmm. just to get out of the Shire. But, A, I... I effing love the Shire so much. You guys like that is I, That's always the question. Like which realm would you want to live? In? It's the Shire. Like me and my wife, mm-hmm. we turn on there's like on YouTube, you can find just ambiance of like any middle earth realm. And we love just turning on the Shire. It's the music. It's, it just, <laughs> it feels homey, comfortable could, like that warm blanket you were talking about.
0: Yeah. You could almost feel like you could just take your, your shoes off, take your socks <laughs> off and just walk around the Shire with that cool grass on your feet. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, think, mean, it's,
1: uh, yeah. I think we even have an Airbnb here somewhere in the mountains yep. of North Carolina that is Hobbit themed. There's, there's, there. There.
3: there's one up in Washington, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, the place is so idyllic that like the worst the wayward youths can get up to is stealing vegetables like that. That's the big crime <laughs> that happens in the Shire. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like we the movie lets us fall in love with the Shire. And yes, the stakes are the world could end Sauron could take over the entire world, but we don't really care about that. That's not really what the hobbits care about. They're trying to save the shire what's worth fighting for. It's why it's why Frodo goes on this mission and risks everything. And I, I, I mean, I think it's very smart to, to spend that time there. And, um, yeah,
0: well, and, and when I was making the artwork for this, this, um, uh, this first movie I had to use, an object from the Shire I had Mm to, because it's, it's supposed to start off innocent. We're supposed to start off in the eyes of a Hobbit and, and be completely um, uh, just, I don't know, not unknown to the the outside world. What what would you call that? Innocent. Innocent Mm -hmm. is a great word, right? But just, we just don't care as long as we're safe, as long as we're happy. And we, as long as we have food, nothing else matters. And we all want to be like that. And I think the forcing of one of these characters in this situation to to have to get outside their comfort bubble um, is part of the magic of this yeah. movie. Fish out of water, right? <laughs> well, yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, but there's lots of fish out of water. I mean, Gimli is constantly being uh, mm-hmm. thrust into situations he doesn't really feel comfortable in. Um, even Legolas has this moment of, of uncomfortableness, because, because if you notice, this was really great, and I was reading a little bit about it. Um, <clears throat> when Gandalf falls, mm-hmm. everyone is grieving except Legolas, because he's never known death. Mm-hmm. Yep. So to him, yep. it's, he's confused. like it It doesn't seem real to him. I mean, Aragorn's kind of the one like, we got to keep moving. I have to keep the band together. Right. Um,
3: he's seen death so much, he knows what he has to do in that situation. Right. Yeah,
2: and he, again, yes. at this point, he's very much the oldest guy there. We don't know this yet in the in this film. We would find out later that he's like 89 years old or something like that, yeah. but
3: yeah. Well, Legolas is the oldest guy. Well, you're right. Legolas is, probably even game though...
2: Game. But, but world-wise, he is not. Right, because yeah. he's probably not left the woods very much, right, of his, yeah. his home, so... Uh, You're right. Uh, Yeah. No,
3: I think uh, Orlando Bloom's performance. There's one of my favorite acting moments in the film filled with favorite acting moments. And when he comes across Boromir dying too, he's got the same look of like, I don't know how to process this right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. I think uh, I think we can speak for all the ladies out there that they appreciated uh, Orlando Bloom
3: being (laughs) in this movie. My wife to this day is like, why doesn't he wear the wig always? Like she she is not attracted to him without the wig, but with the wig, oh my God.
2: Yeah. My (laughs) wife was uh, when she saw him in the Hobbit, the second Hobbit, she went, Mm -hmm. "Mm, no, not doing it for me. I said, no. She says, no, it's not the same.
3: I said, well, he was a <laughs> lot younger in the original. I think I still did it for my wife, but yeah. he is he's a little squarer <laughs> in The Hobbit. Yeah, that's a good phrase, square.
2: Uh, back to your point, uh, Cam and Sam, about their, You know, some people say that this is a slow movie. I will admit, the part of the movie that I'm ready to fast forward through, I don't, but it makes me <laughs> want to, is when they're kind of taking refuge in Lock, Lorien, Luff, Luff, whatever. Luff, mm. Lorien. Yeah. yeah. And we have to have the crazy thing with Gwyneth Paltrow. And uh, like I'm sitting here watching, going, <laughs> Yeah, but in like 15, 16 years, you're going to be a really cool bad guy in a Marvel movie. So it's okay. But. Yeah. yeah. But the other. <laughs> I have to say this too. And I never <laughs> noticed it until this, this watching. But the worst acting in the movie, probably <laughs> of the trilogy, is the other elf dude that's there with Kate Blanchett. He's a Bella Yeah, he's a Russian actor
3: Martin trying Klosax to or something. Yeah, he, yeah, yes. You you're all over it. Um <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> he, he always plays villains in, like spy movies now. Yeah,
2: he's he's usually a bad guy. He was a bad guy in an episode of Leverage. I mean, like that's what he mm-hmm. is. He was the bad guy in the Triple X movie. Um I don't I can't find him in here on IMDb, but yeah, he just it's it's kind of terrible. His his delivery is just. I will say the word "slow." Where is Gandalf? I can't use an <laughs> English accent very well. So I,
3: I, I, I don't know. I see what you're saying, but I think he just comes off as otherworldly and like because these elves are are weird for elves. Like the Lorien yeah. elves are not even like like uh, Hugo weaving elves. They're they're like even <laughs> stranger and more isolated. Yeah. Yeah, I get that.
2: I do get that. I see what you're saying, and uh, I just I'm just glad he's not in the rest of the series. That's all I'm sure. going to say.
3: <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> just real quick though, I I did mention Mr. Hugo Weaving, and like, I mean, we we mentioned the Matrix earlier. Like, it is impressive that he took what could have easily become the iconic character of his career, Agent Smith, and said, "No, nope, I'm also going to have this iconic character." Yeah. Like, well, not everyone of the can do guy. that. I mean, well, <clears throat> he does have a way of speaking, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Mr.
0: Legolas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> another thing I love about this movie is I can't think of another movie where the exposition scenes are some of the most engaging scenes of the film. Uh, usually like exposition scenes are boring and this, what you've got to get through, but like the introduction, the entire council of Elrond, like these are some of my favorite scenes of the movie. And all it is, is like laying out what our characters have to do is yeah. laying out the plot. Yeah. And it certainly helps when you've got people like Kate Blanchett and, and Hugo Weaving and, and Ian McKellen delivering. But
0: honestly, lines. they, they had to have that opening scene.
3: Oh yeah, because and they knew a they have an and... hour
0: of the Shire of nothing exciting really going on yet.
3: Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Definitely agree. Okay, so
2: I'm gonna do my five word now. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's fine. It, this is not like a record or anything that it's been an hour of the show and I haven't done my five word. I have two. Um, so I'll my first one is uh, best start to an adventure. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're going to do a three-part series, this is the way to start it because mm-hmm. I think maybe we've danced around it a little bit because, again, I'm the only one that's kind of said that there's a little bit of a slow part. But the movie, it's not just that it's – it's not all action all the time, which the books aren't either. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the movie lets you breathe. The movie gives you a chance to just be with these people for a while. Which we've mentioned several times, but I think this movie really does a good job at building the stakes for the next movie. Oh, because gosh. The, well, the whole
0: franchise. The whole or, franchise,
2: yeah. The whole, yeah. Yeah, yeah. whole thing,
0: but, the whole trilogy, yeah.
2: But <clears throat> there's, well, and we'll talk about it next week, but one of my favorite moments in the entire trilogy is at the beginning of the next movie. And it's uh, a scene where, I'm going to talk about it now, but it's the scene when the Rohirrim show up and, um, What's his name? The guy that played Dread. I can't think of his name. Um, Bones. Yeah, yeah, Bones from Star Trek. Uh, he he levels a sword at Gimli and says, "If you were a little bit taller, I would kill you, or whatever, right?" And then Legolas pulls a, and, you know, pulls out his <laughs> bow and arrow and said, "You would be dead before you lifted your sword, or whatever, right?" Because, mm-hmm. like, the elves and the dwarves hate each other, right? They yep. hate each other, and. Legolas is willing to die for his friend Gimli. Like, that's what happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing. Um, to have two sworn mortal enemies
3: by the end of this movie are the best of friends, right? And well, then this- even even Boromir and, and Aragorn are, you know, I, mean, I don't know if they hate each other. They're adversaries. The their adversaries and yeah. then by the end it's like my my captain my king yeah. like it's so mm, good yeah
0: yeah, yeah it, it borders on shakespearean some of mm-hmm. this stuff is just so close to just a shakespearean level epic story that is just it's it's beautiful yeah. i just love it
2: it is it really is um my second five word review i don't usually do two but i did uh way more slow-mo than remembered
3: Oh, <laughs> oh! I
0: remember it all. Yeah, now, I think we've all kind of touched on that. I think it's, it's one of the just...
3: few things. Even at the time, I feel people were criticizing, and I was like, "No, give it all to me. I love the way he uses slow mo."
0: The
2: weird thing is, is that it doesn't feel like real slow mo. It feels like half slow mo. So, like if mm-hmm. if Zack Snyder slow mo or Michael Bay slow mo is half the speed of the film, this felt like quarter speed. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of times where like the Urukai are doing something or they're in the boats or whatever and we're just trying to show things are important. It's not real slow-mo, it's just kind of slow. And I felt like there was a lot of that in the movie and watching it this time only I started to notice going, "Man, there is a lot of this in the movie." And it didn't really bother me. I just really noticed it this time. Mm-hmm. Um mm. and so again, you know, it's just like I said, it's not like it's Michael Bay. It's not I didn't think it was overused. I just noticed it um, mm. as a as a thing. So uh, there you go. Because again, there's a lot of times where, like, even like with just the the ring falling, whatever, like the rings falling a lot in slow motion. Um, by the way, that ring when it hits the ground uh, and it stays to the ground it's because there's a magnet under the floor, mm-hmm. so they would yeah. really stick down. I think that was really cool. Um,
3: and the uh, the ring on the mountain. Don't they have like? do not they use a giant ring for that shot when it's super in the close foreground?
2: They have several really really like big rings so that they can giant. show reflections and, and yeah. other things. Yeah, they they had they built one like I mean it's like this it's like four or five feet in diameter. I mean it's really mm-hmm, really big mm-hmm. so they can get the camera real close on it. Um, this is a movie by the way. Like w- later when we get to the trivia, this is one of those movies that's got so much trivia. I mean I couldn't have read oh yeah all of it yeah yeah. Um, some of it I just know. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it I I, I I captured for the show because I thought it was interesting and I hadn't I didn't know before, you know. Like I think a lot of people know the one where you know Samwise is running into the water after Frodo, and mm-hmm. the divers went out to clear the water. They said, "Yeah, you're good." And then on the first take, he runs out and cuts his foot on a piece of glass and has to be airlifted.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so or when Aragorn breaks his uh, toe in the next, in the week, next in movie. The head, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, the other, a really great one with Aragorn specifically is the actor that's in the Urukai when he the, the duel at the end. He's not supposed to throw the dagger. <laughs> he's supposed to yeah. fake it, and he actually threw it. And the actor, knowing that this thing was coming at him, actually hit it away with his sword. Like that was real. Mm-hmm. Huh. Like that was a man defending his own face from a blade coming at him. So that's pretty cool.
3: Um. Uh, anyway. Uh, a few notes I'm going to well, do –
2: oh, go ahead. Somebody was going to say something.
3: I was going to say, uh, I mean, speaking of mistakes, like one of the mistakes I love in this movie is there's a shot where uh, Aragorn is leading the hobbits away from uh, the prancing pony and his his sword kind of knocks the camera a He hits a the camera, yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things I do love because it gives it that kind of like backyard movie feel. And it, maybe it's a little jarring, takes you out of the film a little bit. But it's one of those things that reminds you like, oh, yeah, we're not in front of a blue screen. This isn't all fake. These are actual people in these costumes out walking in actual woods. Just like, yeah. it it, it almost immerses me more somehow. Yeah. And, and you saying that just
1: makes me think again, if this movie were made this year or last year, this this all would have been blue screen. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out, because Amazon's poured $100 million into a 10-part series. So. That's yep. right.
3: I can't wait.
2: We're going to find out. Um, I guess since we're here, I'm going to talk a little bit about another cool thing that I that I, I learned. It's not in the trivia, at least I didn't skim it. Um, I, as many of you know that listen to the show, and if you're listening uh, because you're a, a listener of Cameron's show, welcome. Um, I'm an audio engineer by trade, and so I, I, I read a lot of... Um, uh, audio engineering magazines you know publications and stuff and so when I was in college, there was this really great article that was in one of our mag- one of magazines I was reading about the uh, the sound um, producer not the sound guy but like the like the sound effects producer for the for the movie and so he was on set one day just there to just kind of get ambient noises right so not the guy there capturing dialogue, but just there to get sound effects and whatever. And the scene when they um, when the four hobbits tumble down the hill, and then he said, Frodo says we need to get off the road. And then the they do that tracking shot where the camera pulls it back, zoom. but they zoom in, or it's the other way yeah. around, and it gives yeah. that stretch feel. There's a weird yeah. kind of sound, like this weird ethereal sound, to kind of represent whatever. When they were getting ready to film that, they were setting up for the shot. On the other side of that actual hill is a train. It's train tracks. And a train was coming by, and the guy's like, "I'll just go record this train. Who knows? I might need a train sound." So he mm-hmm. goes over there with his with his MacBook Pro and a interface and a couple microphones, and he records <laughs> this train. So that sound is like the metal of the wheels on the track of this oh train gosh. going by. It's nice. just really interesting cool. stuff. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. That was really cool.
3: Speaking of sound effects, just real quick, I love Pippin's scream when they light the firework off at the beginning during the party. <laughs> and I just I want that to become the new Wilhelm scream. I want it to be the Pippin scream that you hear in like every movie going forward from now on. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I did note, one of my notes was, this movie would be 20 minutes shorter if we didn't have to keep looking at Frodo holding the ring in his open hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Um that became a joke amongst my friends after this movie came out where if someone would just someone would just say something like you know, "Hey, Sean, do you have your car keys?" and I would just hold my keys in my hand, I would just open them slowly and just hold it there <laughs> and other things like that. We were we were idiots. Mm-hmm. Um were. we well, <laughs> we were younger idiots. That's fair. That's very fair. There very we good. go. <laughs> um couple other little notes so that when, when they try to take the path by the thing and then the birds come over and then and, and Gandalf says, we're going to have to take the other path. And all so sort we're of watching it. There's a really cool moment, right, when they're all trudging through the snow, but Legolas is walking on top of the snow because he's yeah. so much lighter, which mm-hmm. is really just a neat,
3: small detail. That's uh-huh. actually one of the things I don't <laughs> like. And I know it's in the book, so like I get he's being true to the book, but like I buy so much from like, Legolas, I buy they can surf down an elephant's trunk. He's got uh, preternatural balance and grace and everything, but like his mass isn't lighter. Like that doesn't <laughs> even make sense. Yeah. He's, Come on, Tolkien. He's, he's like a bird. His bones are hollow. <laughs> it's still There you go. Still. Maybe
1: elf bones are hollow.
2: I mean the yeah. swords and the bow and the, like if he set the swords the down, wouldn't they go would through the snow? Away,
3: then. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: But my question <laughs> is, is like this this path that they're taking, it looks so treacherous without Saruman throwing lightning bolts at them. Mm. Which uh-huh. I know is different than the book. The book it's like
3: giants or something, right? But No, that's the hobbits so as giants. So it's pretty close. Is it is it Saruman look. throwing it, lightning at them? Saruman is sending a storm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So like all I could think of is who like who found this path? This is like the most
0: dangerous thing <laughs> the ever. Worst path ever. Well, like, it's like any other path in this movie, right? Yeah, they're Even all the, terrifying. The, the Mines of Moria is just like the the treacherous. It's treacherous enough that there's orcs everywhere. Yeah, but you know, one slip and you're falling
3: ten stories to your doom. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah, every yeah, OSHA would not approve of this. So, well, it's
3: it's uh, weird you're saying earlier because like the elves have railings. The right? graceful mofos have railings, but yeah. these, like, doors you would not think are as graceful. Yeah. They're like, screw it. It's, it's like uh, maybe a Klingon thing, like, it would be dishonorable to put railings. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it
3: is funny that Gimli does fall down a lot, so. <laughs>
2: yeah. Or yeah. at least the kid actor that's in the Gimli costume <laughs>
3: falls down a lot. Since, since you brought up the mountain, I mean, I was kind of want to ask, I think someone mentioned earlier, like, uh, Changes they made that were better, like, yeah, cutting Tom Bombadil. Um, I I also think swapping out uh, Glorfindale for Eowyn, the elf that uh, rescues Frodo and rides him across the river and races the Nazgul. Because in the book, it's just some random elf, and that's the only time you see him. And like, yes, give Arwen some more screen time. And then it gives her the chance to, like, the character building where she's like, give my immortality to him. I don't want mine. Help you know, give my grace to him, she says. No. Mm-hmm. Anyway, are there any other moments that you guys think are improvements on the book or places maybe where you would have se- liked to have seen changes? Because I do think, I do think, like, the let's go up the mountain. Oh, nope, let's go down the mountain. Like, did we need that? Like, could they have not just seen that the gap of Rohan was closed and now they've got to go through Moria and then we could get more maybe Boromir-Aragorn bonding time? It's just, yes, it, that's one know. of those things where I'm like, um, eh. I don't know. Did th- we need it? I
0: still think it, it it shows what they're having to endure on the trip. Um, you know, would it have helped, you know, make a shorter movie? Yes. But again, I don't want uh, it
3: shorter. I just like maybe more character building time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know.
1: Well, I'm going to have to answer your question, honestly. Please? Uh, and you, you may be surprised to hear this, but I have never read the book.
3: Okay. I was going to ask. Yeah. I meant to ask people. Yeah. They I have read the Hobbit. It's hard to read. Yeah. I
1: own it. <laughs> I've owned it for 10 years. Um, yeah. Or more maybe, but I've never read it. But I did read the Hobbit. Um and that was back in like middle school. The
2: The Hobbit was the yep. first book I ever reread. Um Yeah. Reread. Mm. Oh wow. Yeah, I de- I I've read I've reread like three books ever and that was the first one. Um Interesting. Yeah, I just don't reread a lot uh, i don't read a lot now i just don't have a lot of time um I've, yeah. i most of my reading is consumed through audiobooks but um yeah the i hobbit don't know what I, would... play I was in do what
3: it was a the a first play. play i was in the hobbit nice, cool. i was feely the dwarf
2: nice
0: it's um, the dwarf that that has to keep going to hr that's right <laughs> <Feely>. <laughs> <laughs> those jokes were made a lot <laughs> nice uh, you're in
3: here I, again feely
2: I don't know honestly what I would change from the. the from, again, I don't remember the book well enough. Again, I couldn't mm-hmm. remember if it was the, the giants throwing boulders or if it was Lightning Storm. I don't know. Um, I read it to my kid recently, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. Sure. Yeah, my kid's in the process of Harry Potter. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, my, my Lucy read The Hobbit and loved The Hobbit. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would put Lord of the Rings in front of her for quite some time. My it's son just, it's made just difficult. Yeah,
3: it's uh, Sure, sure. I mean, it's for helping him go to sleep, so sometimes that helps with uh, the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> My son made me read the Gollum part of Hobbit over and over and, man, does that do a number on your throat if you're trying I was to do the voice. If you're trying to do the voice. Yes, you gotta! Uh, yes. You gotta, but it's hard to yeah. do for a whole chapter. <laughs> um.
2: So speaking of other fun things, and we are t- kind of talked about the minds of Moria for a second and I, yeah. I guess we all kind of moving past cameras, really great question but I don't have <laughs> no, an answer. Fun. Is that when I was watching the movie and after reading the books, I still wanted to know why there was an elven door to the mines of Moria.
3: And they talk about it in the books, I think. I, not that I remember, because
2: I sure. remember watching the movie going, they don't like each other. Why is it there?
3: And it was doesn't wasn't... He have a line like back when they got along better, like simpler times when all. Yeah. Does he say it in the movie? I don't remember. He said, there's like a throwaway line of like, because when they talk about all you needed was the password to say friend. Yeah. Th- it was a simpler uh-huh. time when people were not at each other's throats as sure. much.
2: Well, I, I read the Cimmerillion. So mm-hmm. I, I did read that. And then the Cimmerillion, you find out why, is because the Moria was a trade route. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so the elves did a lot of trade with the dwarves. And that's where the the war between the two come from is... Because of the Cimmerillion itself, this jewel that becomes the obsession of Thorin in The Hobbit. And that's where the, the rift became a thing because the elves said, hey, we want you to make a crown out of this jewel. And the dwarves are like, yeah, okay, we're going to do that. And then they do it and they're like, we're going to keep this because we're dwarves and jewels belong to us and you suck. So go away. And then that's where the war started. So,
3: um, Not Thorin himself. I think it was one of his ancestors.
2: No, well, I mean, Thorin, like in the in the Hobbit book, he's looking for the crown jewel. He's looking for the Arkenstone. The Arkenstone. stone. It's the same thing. Mm. The Cimmerillion is is like like nine stones, like nine different stones, and one of them mm-hmm. would become the
3: Arkenstone. stone. Oh, okay. I mean, it's been decades since I read the Silmarillion. So. Sure, yeah,
2: it's been a long time. It's like the hardest thing I've ever read in my life. It took me like <laughs> it took yes. me a long time. It's a yes. hard book. Uh, anyway, and if I'm if you're a, a super Lord of the Rings nerd out there, and I'm way wrong, feel free to correct me. I just I'm going off of you know, like like I said, two t- you know two decades worth of uh, memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so well,
0: no, I just looked it up, and you're entirely right. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen <laughs> very I, often. I hate saying that. That, 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 that I know kind of <laughs> makes my my throat feel really <laughs> gross. Like I need to go cleanse my my. Uh... My my palate after saying it, but yeah, according to Wiki and many other places here, it's, it's a trade route, and it was when they were friends.
2: Oh, that part's right. Okay, good. That's fine. Yeah. I yeah. by the way, I I'm, I've notated the where you said Sean you're right, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to capture that
3: out. That's nice. That's lovely. <laughs> Moria has always confused me a little bit, though. Uh, I mean, just, I, look, I love this movie more than anything, but. Because, I mean, how many times can you say you love it? I'm going to kind of pick out my nitpicks. Moria always confused me a little bit because Gandalf knows about the Balrog. It's like, wouldn't you want to tell the ring bearer that when you say it's your (laughs) choice to make? Like, maybe inform him about the choice he's making. Yeah. And then you get up there and Gimli's like, obviously doesn't know that Moria's been deserted for what appears to be decades. How, How would he not know that? I mean, it makes a little more sense in the books because the reason he went to Rivendell is because they had lost contact with Moria and he was going there to ask uh, the elves for help on that. But even then, it was, it was kind of confusing because Gandalf kept his card super close to his chest and it wasn't clear what he knew. Well, it was just and, one of those and, little hiccups. You know,
0: Tolkien loves to use his, his biblical allegories, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to, to me in this movie, I kind of picked up on it. I believe Gandalf knew what was coming. I, well, he, seemed, he had the look that he he did not want to to go through this, right? And did everything in his power to not have to, but of course circumstances kept kept forcing him to go. He knew he was going to have to sacrifice himself.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, in, yes. in
0: the mines, and that that was interesting to me this time around.
3: But, uh, well, in after terms using- of uh,
0: –
1: after using the time stone, he knew there was only one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's only one
1: outcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, but in
0: terms of like outcome, a, a yeah. Christ-like allegory, you know, we talk about Aragorn in, in movie three, you know, especially going to the the underworld and coming back in three days mm-hmm. or whatever it was is very Christ-like. Um, I thought this was interesting um, in that sense as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's that's a great insight, Sam. I had never thought about that. Um, it wasn't until this viewing where. And you guys, you guys have known me long enough to know that I'm sometimes bad with dialogue. I don't always understand what people are saying. <laughs> and so when the Balrog first shows up, and someone says, "What is it?" and then Gandalf finally says, "It's the Balrog. It's the thing of the whatever from the deep." Whatever. And then the last thing he says, "It's beyond. This foe is beyond." And I never understood what he said. It's beyond. And then he just all kinda, of us or any of us any, any of, of you. you? It's yeah. beyond oh. any of you. That's when he says, "Run," because mm-hmm. I think to your point, Sam, specifically, that's the moment where he realizes I'm gonna have to fight this thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yep. But again, I've, I've seen this movie at least ten times, easily nine, ten times, and to literally this was the first time where I heard him say, "This foe is beyond any of you." which I don't know why I didn't pick up on it before. Like I said, I didn't, huh. didn't know what he said. And I didn't have closed captioning on this time. I didn't, but...
3: Who I knows made a connection what... for the first time with this viewing in that, uh, and it's, it's probably just maybe a coincidence, but I like that the movie's kind of bookended by who is going to become the hero of the following section having to desperately jump after a boat that has left that's port already. You have Frodo having to reach the ferry, and I mean, that's really when his adventure begins. That's when they leave the Shire and have just met the Nazgul, and uh-huh. he's desperately trying to get onto the ferry, which has already left. And then, of course, at the end, Sam, who very much becomes the hero going forward from that point on, uh, is desperately trying to get to Frodo's boat. Oh, huh. Yeah, neat. Which is kind of a cute little uh, yeah. bookend, I thought. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, I'm ready to do some clips. I have clips of this thing. Here's kind of, uh, our last chance to talk about the meat of the movie before we do clips, which I'm sure will probably still spark some more conversation. Oh gosh. Yeah. Not to mention sure. we still have clips and top three and five, and, uh, uh, uh scores to give.
0: So we're well, going to, you're going to trim this down and then do an extended version. Yeah. Again, we've podcast, made that right? joke
2: a couple of times. That just
0: means more work <laughs> for me, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's no no water off my back.
2: That's fair. Uh my actually my last note was this. Um when I saw it in the theater again I had not read the book. When I saw this one in the theater, so when Gandalf falls, I thought that was it. Yep. Like mm. I thought that was it. And I thought, "Oh man, this is going to be one of those series where we have a band of heroes and we just one by one we lose them." But I thought, mm-hmm. "We're going to lose the most powerful one in the first book? Damn." You know, like yep. so mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Again, well, the, it raised the odds, right? It it raised the, st- I'm sorry, it raised the stakes. And I yeah. love that about this. You know, so, the most powerful of them all was brought down within the first adventure. You know, and, and that's just, to me, I love it.
3: I love it. I mean, these are some great perspectives from people who watched the movie before they read the books. Uh, I, I like, I, I, I do want to hear more about that. Because one thing I was thinking, especially watching it this time, is, like, they really lay on heavy who, that someone will betray Frodo and who it's going to be. From the beginning, you're like, oh, "Oh, Boromir's bad news. Galadriel literally says he will try to take it 10 minutes before he tries to take it. And I wondered, I was wondering, and and this that way in the book, too. I mean, the book does not hide it at all. I was wondering, like, how it would have played if they had kind of kept that more as a mystery and maybe gave, like, each character, like, a moment of temptation so that the whole time you're wondering, like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? I don't know. Like, I mean what was your guys' reactions to the end of this movie, having not read the books, and how do you think that could have played? Well, I, think well, I read we, the books, so I, I, yeah, I sure. knew what was coming. I think I just picked up on the daddy
1: issues right away. <laughs> the daddy issues? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Elaborate. <laughs> well, uh, his, his
3: dad from the fringe.
1: Uh,
2: and, oh, for, yes, for, for yes.
3: the future stuff, yeah. yeah. oh um Yeah, and then the other thing I think that could have helped too is at the end, there is a little bit of a... It's the heroic moment that Frodo decides to go into the land of Mordor by himself, right? Like, that's his big heroic choice of this film. I mean, the first one is when he decides to take the ring, and I think, I mean, that scene gives me chills every time. It's one of my favorite moments. Um, But the end is he decides to go because he knows that's the only way to keep the ring safe. But after Boromir dies, you're kind of like well, I'm not worried about the rest of these fools. Legolas and Gimli have shown zero interest in the ring. No way is Merry or Pippin going to touch it. Aragorn literally just said he passed the test. Like, I I have no worries about Aragorn here. Like, it it did kind of seem to take the stakes out of that moment.
2: I always looked at it as um, he wasn't doing it because he was afraid someone, they would betray him. I looked at it as he was feeling guilty that they were putting themselves in harm's way on his behalf. He yeah. didn't want to see yeah. someone else get hurt, so he decides, I'm going to do this on my own so that no one else has to get hurt. Because at this point, he doesn't know Boromir's dead. Exactly. Yeah. So, but he does know that so you know Gandalf Gandalf's is died. dead, and he doesn't yep. want any more of his friends to die. So... When he gives Marion and Pippin the look of, no, I'm not coming, I always looked at that as just he's trying to make the the sacrifice play for himself so that no one else gets hurt. Now, then they do the sacrifice thing, which is super cool because, again, for the most part of this movie, these two are comic relief,
3: right? Mm-hmm. I mean...
2: Mm-hmm. The first time we meet them, you know, they're they're doing hijinks uh, f- for the fireworks, and then they're having to you know scrub dishes, and then we run into them, literally run into them, um, <laughs> stealing stealing things, and then once the Nazgul start chasing them, they're like, okay, I'm into this, but they're still not really super serious about it until, you know, they realize, oh, our friend has got to go do a thing, so. We're we're gonna bank on the idea that these Urukai can't tell the difference between one of us, so we're gonna be the bait, and it's that's it's, where they become the
3: heroes. Yeah, yeah, it really yep. is.
2: Like everyone gets a heroic moment. So, okay, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Also, yeah. in the extended cut, uh, I love showing Legolas put. I think he fires
3: eight arrows <laughs> into the. You know, he's just standing there, and uh, well. Yeah, when he stabs an orc with one and then shoots another one with the same arrow, like, that's a great moment. Well, that's
2: a cool part, too, yeah. But my, my favorite is, like, because in the theatrical cut, it's just, like, it's like four. It's just one, two, three, four. <laughs> and you're, like, in that moment, like, in the theater, I'm, like, yeah, like, that's so cool. But then you see the, theatrical, the the extended. It's, like, oh, my God, he shoots, like, nine of these guys. Uh, literally and, just extended.
3: Yeah. And Followed then,
2: by... Go ahead. Well, oh, yeah, but the, 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 the sound Sorry. of him releasing the arrow... And the sound, it almost sounds like the silenced shotgun from No Country from Old Men. Like, it has a, <laughs> an unnatural, it's an, an, an ethereal sound to it. It's not just a regular twang. What were you going say?
3: Well, and then just one of my favorite shots of film history follows that, where it's it, uh, the camera up on the wires going down the hill following all the orcs. Thank you. I just remember being blown away in the yeah. theater by that. And, of course, nowadays they do that super easy with a drone. But at the time... Mm-hmm. To do yep. that with no CGI. It's incredible. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's an amazing shot because because yeah, it is it's on wire because you mm-hmm. can't do it. You can't crane that shot. Uh and the because, helicopter's not stable you, enough.
3: No, yeah. And it's too low in the trees. Well, it's too and, low in yeah. the trees.
2: You could do a helicopter, it'd be perfectly stable, but you would have to be like on some kind of rope ladder and some poor camera guy there, <laughs> you know, bouncing around trees. Yeah, it's on a it's on some kind of uh rope pulley mechanism and it's um it's an amazing shot it's so cool i love that shot thank you for bringing that up it's such a great shot um i mean there's yeah we have helicopter shots in this movie we've got a lot of uh steady cam work over mm-hmm. the shoulder work um there's just a but lot of these andrew really... mentioned
3: the walking earlier has any movie ever made walking so exciting <laughs> well, that's New like Zealand for you. Yeah. The most iconic shot of the film is just a bunch of dudes walking over a hill. They're coming over a hill yeah. with a rock. Like they're just, They
2: are just—they all put yeah. their hands on the rock to steady them, and the Howard Shore piece music is oh. there giving you the theme. Oh, we haven't. I know you're doing a whole sure episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know yeah. you're doing a
3: whole episode on it, so I've resisted. But, oh. Oh. The Howard Shore piece okay, is great. I enjoyed myself but we'll, thinking of it, yes. We'll talk about it later.
2: Okay, <laughs> time for clips that I teased 17 minutes ago. Okay, here we go.
1: I don't know half of you, half as well as I should like. And I like less than half of you, half as well as you deserve.
2: Yeah, that's actually not from this movie. That's the clip of Sam talking to me and
1: Andrew.
3: Very tempted to introduce myself with that once you introduce me.
1: I I actually wrote that down word for word on my notepad (laughs) because I was going to read it too and then. I said, you know what, Sean's got this
0: caption. I knew it. Was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I that love was, that. Line. That was my quote. That was my toast at the wedding that I gave all the uh, the people that came to my wedding.
1: Yeah,
3: so, nice. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. That's actually, uh, yeah. Actually, you're right, Sam. That's where I got that audio from. That was from your wedding because I was there. Um, <laughs> I don't know what this one is because I forgot to label it. So here we go. <laughs>
0: Confound it you been eavesdropping? I have
3: no eaves, sir. Honest. That's my wife's <laughs> favorite line from the movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was trying to find a way to shorten when Gandalf says Samwise, just so I can have him yelling <laughs> Sam, but it yeah. not make it work. Sam! <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's good. That's good. That kind of works. I
3: ain't been dropping no
2: eaves, sir. Yeah, uh, so um, yeah, this is an audio clip of uh, Cameron talking to his bosses
3: at his job. Gentlemen, we do not stop till nightfall. What about breakfast? We've already had it.
2: We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? I don't think he knows about second breakfast, Pip. What about elevensies? Luncheon,
0: afternoon tea, dinner, supper. He knows about <laughs> them,
1: doesn't he?
2: Now... <laughs> I will complain a little bit. Aragorn sounds like he's in a bathroom. I'm not. They're outside, but
3: gentlemen, we do not stop till nightfall.
2: There, there's a lot of hard surfaces in that recording. Yeah, here. I'm not sure. Those, what's happening. Uh,
3: those Dunedain, they just they have these voices that uh, reflect <laughs> off the yeah. surrounding. It's, it's differently. It's a little. We do not stop till nightfall. Yeah. Okay. It's funny; those two have a podcast, uh, uh, Billy Boyd and Charlie from Lost.
2: Dominic, Mary, right? Dominic
3: Monahan, Dominic. Yeah, Dominic Monahan. Uh, and they were talking about like that scene, and they're like, "Yeah, at the time, we had no idea that was going to blow up and become like such a memey thing, the breakfast thing." They they actually thought at the time it was like, oh, "I didn't do that very well. I wish I could retake that." <laughs> That's funny. Uh,
2: I really like it when. John Reese Davies said things. Uh, this was great. <laughs> I just, I love the way, I love the way he talks. I love his affectation. I just, everything about it. I just feel so bad for the human, you know, the man, mm. because oh, he was yeah. allergic to mm-hmm. his prosthetics. So every time there's a close-up of him, all I could think of is that man is in pain and still delivering lines with such. He's he's just a damn good actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I love this. <laughs>
3: One dwarf
2: Moria who still I just love that he's just
0: did you see there the during the the covid um quarantines where mm-hmm. everybody was home they did a reunion with the cast mm-hmm. and he wore the helmet um mm-hmm. on the on the, the reunion and nice. uh, they talked about things they stole from the set and that was one of the things he stole <laughs> nice was his dwarven helmet it was it was awesome.
3: Yeah, he plays like the the comic relief and the noble warrior both so well. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, I also love the the bit of trivia that when he uh, strikes the ring during the council and it breaks, the axe breaks. That's not his axe. He grabbed the dwarf's axe next to him.
0: Oh, nice. oh I've got to re-watch that. I'm not. A, I didn't realize that because yeah, he doesn't no, want to, risk his, own. to his own axe. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I never thought about that, but that's awesome. That's great. Let me
0: try this out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I'm going to use your axe because if it doesn't work, I'm not messing up mine. Uh, speaking of the comic relief...
0: Nobody tosses a dwarf!
1: Not the beard!
2: I, I squished <laughs> that up, but I love that last part. Not the beard.
0: Not the beard!
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, I messed this up. Oh, darn. Oh, well. That's fine. Um... I had a I had a funny bit that I was gonna do where, uh, I missed it. Where did I, what the hell? I I was gonna capture another clip about them having to go on this long trip, and then I was gonna play this clip here.
1: When are we gonna get there? I'm hungry. <laughs> this car smells weird.
2: There you go. I was gonna use that as like, oh, this is Marion Pippin from this movie, but <laughs> I, I. insert your own way that works. It's There you go. That's fine. Um. Again, uh, oh gosh! If you're gonna do this movie, I have to capture this. You
0: shall not pass! That's great. You know, I, I send that same, that, line. that same audio clip to all my students at the nice. beginning of the semester. <laughs> nice. yeah.
1: yeah, you have to as a teacher. Yeah. The part it's that part
2: I love the, the the part that I love about the 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 scene there's two there's two moments that I love. Not that moment where he smacks the whatever. There's two small things that I love. The first is he's standing over a chasm. And the audio guy knows that. So you get the echo of the word pass. So I'm gonna play it again. And you're gonna get to hear the echo. The second part Such that, that I love, shot. I know. The second part that I love is um that the Balrog, after he's after Gandalf smacks the his staff down, the Balrog just looks at him and just gives him the the hell was that just like the sniff just like a <laughs> whatever you know uh-huh. I, I think that's such a clever but listen to the the pass you, shall not pass! you hear it you can hear it just keep on well, going an it, echo it yeah. is yeah. i love that i love stuff like that um here's game league doing some just this is one of the sweetest moments of the entire series
3: I asked her for one hair from her golden head. She gave me
0: three.
2: I love that. I wish that was in the theatrical cut. But Yeah, I was going to say I didn't hear that one this last
0: pass. You yeah. did hear the story behind that, though, right? I
2: don't remember it.
0: There is, there is. I don't know if 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 one of the original dwarves or whatever um, asked for three hairs from Galadriel's hair, and she her head, and she refused to give it to him during the elf dwarf war or something like that. So it was of big significance that he was given three hair um, from her head.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, I captured this one just for you, Sam. Just, just be honest with you. This was for you.
0: Sam. What? <laughs> I'm glad you owe with me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> With uh, Howard Shore in the background.
2: Uh, okay. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Right, I already mentioned Ready. some of the cool stuff, the, the, like the audio bit and um, some other stuff. This one was neat. I had not read this or heard this before. Sir Christopher Lee read The Lord of the Rings once a year until his death in 2015, and he had done so since the year it was published. Wow. He is also the only member of the cast and crew to have met Tolkien.
0: hmm Yeah.
2: That's awesome.
0: He was incredibly yeah. disappointed he did not get the Gandalf role, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. He, he really wanted Gandalf to be Gandalf, yeah.
3: I mean, I think by that time in his career, he knew he was the heavy, but he definitely yeah. wanted Gandalf, yeah. yeah. I love the commentaries for these movies. Christopher Lee's parts are the most boring he cannot do a movie comedy. <laughs> All he does Aww. is just sit there and explain what's happening in the scene. Because he's read the book, He knows, so he's just explaining it. Yeah. And it's in his great gravelly voice. But it's like, sure, Chris, but what was it like to film? No, no, yeah. Yep, that's what Saruman is doing. We know. Oh, okay. Interesting. But, I mean, just what genius casting. I mean, yeah, he there yeah. was not a better Saruman. No, you're
2: right. I, I don't think it would have worked as well to have him as Gandalf. I don't... Oh, no. He's just not don't. as a lovable actor i mean he, he was curse horrific.
0: curse you pokemon by <laughs> the way for putting it in my head that Sarumon should be a a named pokemon of some sort that's the thing mm. no it's just no it's just every time <laughs> i hear the name saruman uh, i automatically oh. my brain goes to oh that's a pokemon nice <laughs> yeah
2: uh, Viggo Mortensen did his own stunts. He also insisted on using only the real steel sword instead of the significantly lighter aluminum or mm-hmm. a safer rubber sword, which were manufactured for battle scenes and
3: stunts. I think Therefore, he slept outside a lot in his costume too. Yeah. Yeah. He He's and Sean Bean,
2: 30. Yeah, they both would like go into town, into restaurants in full gear. Sean Bean <laughs> always carried his sword and shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like all that stuff.
0: Is that uh, method? Would that be considered method?
2: A little bit. I Methodist. mean, Sean Bean's yeah. not like trying to constantly steal the jewelry of the women next to him, but I think...
0: <laughs> you don't know that. Well, I
3: don't, but... <laughs> Maybe he was really good at it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Never got caught.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they were saying character, but yeah, I think he just wanted that kind of to have lived in that. Yeah. He wanted it nice and smelly. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> he did say, Sean Bean did say that it's his favorite on-screen death. In this movie,
3: yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I mean, it is such a great death, it's such a great redemption arc for him. Yeah, But I, I was watching, being like, you can tell this guy's had a lot of practice dying yeah. on yeah. screen, and it's paying <laughs> off right stay. now. Yeah, he does great. At it.
2: I do love the little trivia that I only recently found out thanks to Twitter <laughs> is that after Boromir is, has died, Vigo Mortensen Aragorn puts on his bracers. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. So he's, he yeah, kind of
2: carries a piece of him with him all the time. I thought that was really Even cool. in the
3: theatrical, they focus on that. Yeah, I noticed that this watch. Like,
2: he's he's, re, he's re-gearing up. He's getting his thing. and he, But you see him putting him on, and then he goes, let's go hunt some orc. Um,
3: Although I've always thought, both in book and movie, it's like, Mary and Pippin got stolen by the orcs, and you're going to take your time to, like, bury, I mean, not bury Boromir, but put him in the boat and lay his arms and everything on top and push it out. Like, go get Mary and Pippin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it did
0: seem like they took a little time. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: true. Took a little time. Although they didn't, you know,
0: they didn't set it on fire. They simply just put him in the boat. He I took. Guess. They took his. They took his wrist straps.
3: They were and, far from and, the boats, though, because no one yeah. saw or heard Frodo or Sam. They, I mean, they would have had to drag his body away. Yeah. yeah, true.
2: Um, my last piece of trivia I wrote down was the ironic part about the Fellowship mourning the loss of Gandalf was is that at that point, none of the cast members had met Sir Ian McKellum, let alone seen him dressed up as the wizard. Oh, wow. Interesting. So huh. I think that's kind of neat. There yeah, there's yeah. some great acting from everyone. It is. Thing. It is. Okay, guys. We need you to cry about a member of your team. We know you haven't met him yet, but he's awesome, but he's dead now, so be sad. Okay, <laughs> time for this. Excuse me while I whip this out. Well, um, I'm surprised we haven't done this, and maybe we have, and I don't remember. It's not on my spreadsheet, so therefore it doesn't exist. We're going to do movies based on books, mm. but I'm pretty <laughs> sure we've done this, but I don't care. Uh, both Cameron and Andrew suggested it, and therefore we shall do it.
0: Sam. Yes. All right, so I've got my honorable mention, of course, to the uh, first uh, five and a half seasons of Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. um, as adaptations. Sure. Um, But my number three is Watchmen. And I couldn't Uh believe I put a Zack Snyder thing on here. Um, But in terms (laughs) of matching the book and matching with the the themes of the book, he did a really good job. Mm -hmm. My number two ends up being Life of Pi, which is one of my favorite books and a beautiful adaptation of it. My number one has to be, and you knew I was going to put this here, is Jurassic Park.
2: Um, Mm -hmm. Movie stands
0: alone. It would have been even better, I think, if he would have followed the book and some of the storylines in the book. Um, And they just used some of it for the second movie. Yeah, I know. All the sequels are. Right. Yeah. Um, But the book, if you haven't read it, it's even better than the movie. So, And that says something.
3: I think that's probably the book I've read more than any other. Maybe Lord of the Rings. I think maybe they're tied for like, four reads each yeah it's good stuff
0: so um yeah there you go
3: okay uh cam oh okay uh my first my first one is one i haven't read the book but i have it on good authority that the movie is much much better so i have to go with my favorite film of all time jaws the other the other spielberg one uh everyone says movie huge improvement on the book uh, my it next is. one
0: it is, by the way. Yeah, I will I, I will mention that. That is something I have read.
3: There you go. I do want to read it one of these days just to be a completionist, but uh, the other one is <laughs> Fight Club. Uh love both the book and the movie. I think the movie is a fantastic adaptation of a difficult film to adapt and even uh, improves on the ending. Um, and then let's see, I've got a few down. I did have Jurassic Park, so I'll skip that one. I'm gonna go Clockwork Orange. Okay. Again, I think it actually improves on the ending of the book, and it's it's one that the movie, reading the book after watching the movie, you just hear everything in, like, the voice of Malcolm McDowell and, like, that very specific kind of dialogue it has. Uh, it's, it's just a great kind of back and forth between the movie and the book and in that. Interesting.
2: Okay, cool. Uh, my turn. Um, I think, right? Yes, my turn. Okay, um, so my honorable mention is Sherlock Holmes, the mm. Robert Downey Jr. version. Now I know that technically the um, the movie is not based on a particular book, but it's based on just you know the, the books themselves. Um, so anyway, that's fine. Um, by the way, I didn't say this, and I it doesn't matter. Um, we don't have to do movies that we had seen and read the books of, but I oh. think I didn't say that we had to, but I think, uh, I chose to do so. And I think Sam, you did too, which is fine. Um, yep, yep, yeah. Yep. No problem. So Sherlock Holmes, as my honorable mention, my number three, uh, the 13th warrior.
3: Hmm. Really? Oh yeah.
2: yeah.
0: I didn't even think of that one.
2: Yeah. It, I like, uh, I've read a lot of Michael Crichton, um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I you know Jurassic Park is a better book, and it's a better film, but I knew Sam would pick it, so I didn't pick it. Um, <laughs> and The Lost World is also a fine book and movie, um, but again... What about Sphere? Uh, Sphere is a bad movie.
3: It is a bad movie. It's probably <laughs> it's, my second yeah. favorite Crichton book,
2: though. It's a good book, but it's a bad movie, uh, yep. even though it's got a lot of good actors in it. I didn't, I didn't like the movie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, one my favorite Crichton book is uh, State of Fear. I loved that really? book. Yeah. Oh, uh, eco-terrorism stuff. That stuff is, is cool.
3: Is that the global warming is a hoax book? Uh,
2: yeah. well, I wouldn't call it that. It's the oh, okay. there are there are eco-terrorists who are trying to do bad things to push the um global warming narrative, saying obviously global warming the thing, because here comes a giant tsunami that we created, and the hero is kind of saying we shouldn't do these things. So, I don't think the book is anti global warming. Mm. I just think the book is anti ecoterrorism. Because uh, okay. even at the yeah. end of the book, he says, There's a lot we don't know, but here are the facts. Things are, oh, you know, things are changing. Uh, it kind of felt like a Dan Brown book, just without the God stuff, mm-hmm. like anti God stuff. Uh, so, 13th Warriors is my number three. Uh, my number two is going to be Harry Potter. I just chose Harry Potter. Sure. I like you know, kind of all of them. Mm-hmm. And then my number one, uh, in which case I think the movie completely outshines, and I'm using that phrasing on purpose, the book, and that is Stardust. Yep. Mm. Yep. <laughs> I, I love that movie, mm-hmm. and I really like the book, but I think that the movie did better than the book.
1: Andrew. Okay. I uh, am going to say number three, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter.
3: Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, it, admittedly, these aren't great films that I'm going to talk about, but these <laughs> are – I also went throughout of things that I had seen and read, so I did read that one. Um, there's a movie called The Box with uh, hmm. Cameron Diaz and James uh, Martin.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doc- which director.
1: Yeah. It's an older, well, it's older now. It was, I don't know when it was, but, um, it wasn't a great film, but I did like the book. It's, it's a, uh, it's actually a short story, uh, and a, and a book called the, B- uh, set of st- stories there. So anyway, uh, and then number one, I had the help.
0: Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
2: Yeah. There's a lot in the list that, um, as I was just kind of Googling, there's a lot that could be on any of our lists. I mean, obviously none of us picked right. None of us picked the green mile, um, but I've mm-hmm. also never I read mean, it. Mm-hmm.
3: A lot of King. Yeah. The stand. Ooh. Yeah. There's a lot the of Country King Frog, out man. there.
2: Uh, obviously Shawshank Redemption, though not a book, but, a, you know, it, you know, it's a great film. Arguably.
0: I one did have,
3: I mean, since you guys did honorable mentions, I'll throw mine out. Uh, the Princess of Spride and the Martian.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, oh yeah. the Martian. Oh, I great forgot about that. I haven't read that. Yeah. No. Oh, how did I forget that one
2: um, Twitter was active tonight, even though Cameron is on the show with us, so
0: <laughs> which we do appreciate the action there. Ken. Oh, Thank gosh, you yeah, for, absolutely. For yeah, absolutely. Along.
2: And you, you also love it when I get your name and podcast correct, too. When I don't uh, give you credit,
3: well, I don't know, I, it gives us something to talk about when you don't.
2: <laughs> it is pretty funny, but you know, it's happened twice now where you know, I'm in a, a Twitter group with him and Jesse. He goes well this week. Sean gave me credit for your your podcast. It's like, oh, sorry, guys. Speaking of Jesse, well, in Jesse, all fairness, he forgets
1: that I'm on the show. That is week, true. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that is true.
2: <laughs> um, speaking of Jesse from the sudden but inevitable podcast, he says the Count of Monte Cristo, Jurassic Park, and then in parentheses writes the book is still better. So that was kind of for you, Sam, um, yeah, sure. and Dune twenty one.
0: Dune twenty one? The new the new Dune movie. Oh the new one. Okay. The, yeah.
3: that one, yeah. Can it be counted as an adaptation if it stops halfway <laughs> through the book? Excuse me. Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Sure. I can't. I don't know. I'm just being snarky. No, be snarky. I don't care. Uh
2: the Wheel of Horror Podcast, uh, which I'm I think we're gonna have them on shortly, soon-ish. Uh sometime in April, I think. Um no March. Uh, the Wheel of Horror Podcast says uh, Lord of the Rings, Alive, and Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. The Culture Shocked podcast, uh, which is there at CS Podcast 21, says Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and It, the new It movie. Mm. Um, someone yeah. named Ebony, E-B-U-N-Y-O-6, says Lord of the Rings, Misery, Fight Club, and Shawshank. Esoteric Cinema... Says two thousand one to Space Odyssey, one flew over the cuckoo's nest and Schindler's list.
3: Highbrow list there. Yeah, those are some yeah, good sorry.
2: good stuff. I think that's yeah. that's all. The, uh, uh, well,
3: my buddy did uh, chime in on the Facebook page. Yeah, I'd say that because I don't
2: I don't see that. I don't have
3: that. Sure, yeah. He said uh, he had some interesting ones. Uh, the Hobbit, the 1977 animated version. Okay, good. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you've got to have me on for The Hobbit so I can defend it. It's not uh, streaming greatest anywhere. Greatest but... adventure, adventure the world's ever known. <laughs> Actually, can I just use the uh, Leonard Nimoy singing... Bilbo, Bilbo it's for my adaptation. Does that work? Of course. <laughs> I'd like to change my list. Uh, he also said the last unicorn has got a Rankin and Bass thing going on, and then Sin City. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Right cool.
2: On. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, that's it, right? Does everybody? Good. Um, I'm not going to do a soundtrack grade because, like you said, we're doing a whole episode on the soundtrack. So I we'll, can't wait. We're we're going to talk about that with Eric from Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast. It's going to be amazing. Time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Uh, out of ten, we have to give this movie a score from zero to ten, and I'm um, just remind Cameron that ten is an acceptable number. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say to that. Sam. Would do, no, Andrew. Why would you, goes, you have to first? remind me. Yeah, Andrew goes first.
1: Well, um you know, I'd I stand by my words that I think this is a, a, a masterpiece. I don't think that it's one hundred percent perfect. Um, but I am gonna have to give it a pretty high score. So I'm gonna go an eight point nine five out of ten.
2: Okay. For what it's worth, IMDB gives it an eight point eight. Oh. Well um, i I don't. I guess I'm, I'm probably going to ask this question all three weeks. So, Cameron, I'll ask this of you since you're only last okay. this week. Is this your favorite of the trilogy? Because when I asked you mm. which one would you want
3: to do, you jumped at this one. Absolutely, it's it's definitely my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I again, I love the Shire so much, and then I do feel yeah. like of. I think naturally the the first installments usually have the clearer character arcs. They're taking our characters from point A to point B. And then the other installments are usually like what they do in point B.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask the question and then we'll answer it again next week for, I guess we'll ask the question of our, our next, <laughs> I guess next week. But the uh, Andrew, what's your favorite of the three? I'll ask you that. I'll ask you.
1: Uh, well, I think they get progressively better to be honest. Uh, and again, not reading the book, I don't really have anything to compare as far as that's concerned. So to me, the third one is the better one.
0: Okay. Sam? Um, you know, I would have kind of gone with Andrew uh, until recently, and I, I, I think I like the Two Towers better. Okay. I think I do, only because I, I think the Battle of Helm's Deep is just perfectly done. And the strategy is there and the, the tactics are there. And it's just, it's for someone like myself who enjoys that types of things, the whole massive assault on Minas Tirith is just not as interesting to me as the assault on
3: Helm's beat. That's fair.
2: Yeah. Uh, for me, it's also the two towers. Uh, that, that's, mm. that's my favorite of the three. Um, um, uh, one of my favorite moments ever is when, and we'll talk about it again next week, and you better believe I'm going to capture it on audio, is when Treebeard walks out onto the field of Isengard and sees the destruction and just loses his shit and <laughs> does the battle cry. Like, in the movie, I like I got teary-eyed in that moment because it's all of the emotions, right? It's anger, it's sadness, it's fury, it's... You know, all of these things. And it's a walking tree. It's it's freaking, it's John Reese Davies as a tree. And it's amazing. I love it. I can't wait to talk about it next week. Uh, Cameron, what is your score for this movie?
3: My score for this movie is guys, I love this movie. Uh, I mean, I just don't want to leave this podcast without talking about how much of a master Peter Jackson is at controlling tone. Like, I think it's something he doesn't get enough credit for. And that's why I want to bring it up. It's just like the way he can go from comedy to to epic, huge scope action to like intimate moments to romance. I think it's fantastic. Every time I watch this movie, there's a new scene that kind of makes me well up and weep. Uh, This time, uh, the misty eyed scene was when Bilbo like realizes that Frodo has been saddled with his problem. And when he turns and says, I'm sorry, like that never really got to me before this watch through. It got to me. Uh, a film like that can only be, I'm going to do it, it's a 10. I mean, this is one of my top three <laughs> like Desert Island movies, guys. If that's not a 10, nothing is.
1: <laughs> that's
2: fair. Hey, I yeah, don't blame you. Yeah, right on, man. Go for it's it. It's not Does perfect,
3: it? but the parts that are so amazing outshine any kind of things where I'd be like, well, maybe I'd do that a little different.
2: See, you say it's not perfect. Here's, I, I've said this argument several times. There is no such thing as a perfect film, but I do no. believe there are perfect films. And what I mean that is that and this is the example I always use. Die Hard is a perfect film. It has mm-hmm. it perfectly does the thing it's set out to
3: do. Uh-huh. Hundred degree, Sean. My example is Tremors.
0: Yes. Horrible oh. movie in terms of if you're looking at it critically. But doggone it, do I, I! I will not pass up a tremors viewing. Sure. There's not a
3: bad beat in that movie.
0: <laughs> no, you're right. There's not. I
2: mean, everything in that movie is 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 objectionably bad slash great. Mm-hmm. You know, like like all of it, right? I mean, like, you know, Reba and the dude and the guns, like it's all crazy <laughs> and, and, and great. So, yeah. Um, so you say this isn't a perfect movie. I say it's it is a perfect movie because it perfectly does what it needs. It tells the story it's supposed to tell. It gives you all the emotions it's supposed to give it again, twenty years later, freaking holds up. The only stuff mm. that doesn't really hold up is the stuff that ages it because of the time of the
0: technology, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you know I mean, yep. if you could I mean, do we complain about ghostbusters because it's painted on right film yeah, right, you know, it's the same idea,
2: yeah, exactly, it's just that's what they had, and therefore, and they did the best that they could with it it would. If it was 2001 when this came out and they were doing a stop-motion troll, it would look bad and we would make fun of it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whereas mm-hmm. a stop-motion ad- ad- walker in 1980, 1980 is fine with us because that's what they had in 1980.
3: It also looks mm-hmm. freaking amazing.
2: But it also is a big slow thing and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not like the, the Ad-At-Walker has to... Sprint down Hoth and chase, you know, the speeders, you know, that would look janky and dumb.
0: Sam. Uh, I'm going to give it I, I I I'm up there with Cameron um, 8.99 out of 10. Okay. Um, really, really good. And uh, it's only because I, I think this might be the the lesser of the three movies in my mind. Um, and it's, it's, but it's still, it's, it has to be here. It has to show us these characters. It has to show us the stakes and it has to present the, uh, the, the, you know, what these little hobbits have to do to save the world. And I think Jackson did a masterful job with it.
2: Uh, I don't disagree. And it's weird to you because you said the phrase lesser, like, I agree. This is my least favorite of the three, but it's still (laughs) an amazing film. It's still
0: amazing. Yeah.
2: Like, there is. Like, I almost feel bad using the phrase, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, It's just.
0: Yeah. You know, it's not, you know. Yeah. I'll get a little, you know, a little personal. I had a hard day today. My mother is not doing well. And, uh, you know, she, she's, she doesn't seem to be being able to kick it. And these are the types of movies that helps me at least escape the idea of what I'm having to deal with and what my family's having to deal with. And I, I needed this movie in the past week and I needed to be able to talk about this movie tonight and I needed to be able to, to go to the Shire, to have that respite and to, to have that magic envelop me to to keep me from having to sit here you know worried about you know whether I'm, my mother's going to die or not and it's it's the magic of movies and that's why we do this folks this is why we talk about these things so much it's why we are the 50 billionth podcast to do lord of the rings and to gush about it and it's because each and every single one of us needs this in our lives and we need movies to help us escape s- certain things that, that we just don't want to deal with. And uh, I can't appreciate movies enough for helping me do that and to cope with, with, with things that I need to just shut out for a few hours. So anyway, um, I, you know, I'm thankful for things like this.
3: That uh, was a ringing endorsement.
2: That was, yeah, that mm-hmm. was a, a lovely sentiment, Sam. I, I actually wish I could somehow capture that out. I mean, I have the technology to do it, but like, to <laughs> I was going to say,
1: how would you ever?
2: I don't know. I, how does anyone do such things? How, how can I possibly take a piece of audio it's and capture wizard, it out? Wizardry. And man, so I could have something like this. <laughs> like, how could I possibly do that? That was Lauren Cameron from the Beard Out podcast. Oh, that's, that's yeah, I can that's, hear it now, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, that was such an infectious laugh. I had to capture that.
0: Oh, man.
1: Um, and Lauren, uh, to sidetrack, was spotted wearing our our shirt. Yeah, yeah. she was. Right?
2: Yeah, she yeah, went, we to, we to, she went to the gym. She says she actually wears it to the gym a lot, but she said <laughs> she was feeling cute and decided to take the picture, uh, to which I, of course, <laughs> said I was honored that she chose our shirt to sweat in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, thank you, Sam, for sharing all that. That was that was lovely. Yep. Um, I'm going to give this a nine, just a straight-up nine. I've been kind of in a habit recently of giving just whole numbers. Because usually, by the time you guys have given yours, then it doesn't really matter. Um, But yeah, a nine. uh, Yeah, a nine gives this movie a nine point two five, and that's going to rank it pretty high with some of our other movies. I mean, it's going to park it right under, uh, right over Knives Out, and under Infinity War. Yeah, and I'm I'm really good with with that. that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really Mm -hmm. good with that, and. Yeah. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me in the least that by the time we're done with this, our top five is going to have three <laughs> of these movies. Three
0: Lord of the Rings <laughs> movies in them. Yeah, I mean, I don't,
2: I... it'll probably look something like Avengers Endgame, and then Return of the King, Two Towers, Hacksaw Ridge, um, Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring, and then Infinity War, and then Knives Out, uh, or yep. something like that. Okay. Um Gosh, I know this episode is incredibly long, and I'm... well, you're going
0: to trim it down and then release the extended cut. That's that's been yeah. the plan this, all along. This is a joke that's
2: um, that's both fun and uh, not true at all. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and
0: it's Lord of the Rings. I
2: mean,
1: what do you expect?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think people kind of knew this was going to be a longer episode. Yeah. Um, should I do the quote game? Do we care? Or do I want to skip it this month? Because these episodes are going to be long. Skip the quote game. I'm going to skip the quote game. It'll hold for a month. I don't really care. Um, (laughs) That's it. That's our show. Guys. Oh, wait, 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 wait. One last thing. Uh Oh, Oh. Oh, yeah. There was a sword building, armor building montage by those (laughs) goblins. And by God, those things are industrious. Those those goblins <laughs> had cracked open the earth and then built. I mean, it felt like within five minutes of being released by Saruman, that they had you know built you know all this stuff. So they are industrious little little beings. I wonder what they eat. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of farmland nearby. Anyway, <laughs> Cameron. Yo, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please tell our listeners where they can find your show and all the stuff that is Cameron and the Star Trek world that you
3: live in. Cameron is the host of the Green Shirt Podcast, a newbie's trek through the next generation. I am said newbie who is watching the next generation for the very first time because I was a bad geek growing up apparently. You can find us at Green Shirt 87 on Twitter, Green Shirt Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and those and uh, the podcast can be found on all your pod chasers. I'll also throw out, if you had any uh, interest in listening to me talk about Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson today, you can hear more of that on the Fandom Mentals podcast, where I recently just did an, uh, a whole episode on Peter Jackson in general and gushing about him. But we naturally spent a lot of time on Lord of the Rings. Of course. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I, too, have been on a couple of other podcasts uh, as of recent. I was on the Film Code podcast. I'll post when that comes out. Uh, that was a really fun time. We talked about um, the the tragedy of Macbeth. And, guys, that was a hard movie to watch. I'm just mm-hmm. sure. Really? Mm-hmm. I was don't, it
0: because of Shakespeare? Or because was
2: it? it was 100% Shakespeare and... You guys know me already. I don't always do the best with accents, and <laughs> the only dude in that entire movie that didn't have an accent was Denzel. And um,
3: mm-hmm. I, probably I, for the past, I don't know if I'd want to hear Denzel's accent.
2: It's just him. It's just him. He's not doing. He's not trying to be British. He's just him. Um, there's a handful of American actors that are just being American actors. Mm. They're not trying to do accents, but it's still straight up Shakespeare, and it's kind of hard to just listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Shakespeare is almost meant to be read and studied than just listened to. So. I mean, it used yeah. to
0: be common English with Shakespeare. Right, right. Right, you know. Yeah. It's like having to go to, uh, to Chad Evans's family's uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> and understand what they're saying at the table. Yeah. It's just yeah. a different way of and saying It's a different <laughs>
2: way of talking. Yeah. Redneck ease is a little bit <laughs> different than the English of Shakespeare. Um... <laughs>
3: So I was wanted, on... Just speaking of, Sean, I didn't mean to shout out that uh, in a couple months, you will also be making your green shirt debut. Yay! <laughs> uh, finally. <laughs> finally. I, I
2: got booked <laughs> on your show, like, uh, not eight quite a year ago, but yeah. Eight not months. quite a
3: year, but. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's we'll okay. We'll finally get you on your chosen episode, so. Yeah, cool. I'm excited. You're nice. Uh, I should go watch some TNG soon. Uh, I was hey, also. Sean, what's our what's our Star Trek connection with The Fellowship of the Ring?
2: Oh. Oh, yeah. What's our Star Trek connection? Oh, I, I have to think for a second. Um, well, the guy that we mentioned earlier, right? I oh, think, yeah, isn't he on Trek?
3: Uh, Eomer,
2: yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in Trek somewhere. Oh, um, no, he's
3: he's McCoy in the new ones, yeah.
2: Well, he's not in this movie, though.
3: Oh, you're right, shoot.
2: Um, gosh, I didn't even think about it. You're, you're oh, gosh, I feel bad. Um, I don't know, <laughs> I don't have one off the top of my head. Shoot, I was, I know,
3: I feel like, uh, Christopher Lee never did anything Star Trekky. No, I know was, he did Star Wars. A shame. it's yeah. a shame. Yeah. Anyway, that's fine.
2: I was trying to think if sure. that that Mark and S- Koskis, whatever his name is. The, mm. uh, the oh, he was. I think. I think he. I'm scrolling through his his oh. thing here, but.
1: Well, uh, the the uh, oh gosh, what's his name?
3: I don't know. Ian McKellen? No, the, uh, the the uh, gosh. Oh. I could just start naming the Fellowship, but. <laughs> no, he, w- he was in uh, Thor Ragnarok.
1: The guy. He was on the new Star Trek films. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. but he's right. not he's in not this. In, not in
2: Fellowship. Though. He's not in this movie. Uh, yeah. Right. Cam- yeah. Cameron yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Okay, sorry. That's who you just said. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, right. I was on yeah, that yeah. for a moment. No, you're I fine. Know, I was going to think of his real name.
2: <sighs> Why can't I think of his name? He's awesome. Doc
3: McStuffins. He's, it's from Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick yeah. and uh I love that guy. He's dread. Great.
2: Yeah, dread. dread,
3: yeah. Yeah, that's all. He's known by his characters. That's that's a good sign for an actor. Yeah, exactly.
2: Okay. Well, anyway, this this episode has now grown uh almost <laughs> as long as the movie itself. So
3: that's <laughs> fine. Well, I would rather spend one podcast with you guys than all face all the ages of this world alone.
2: Oh that's very sweet.
3: <laughs> appreciate that. Thank you. Much more poetic when you don't stumble over are one's words.
2: No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you still, in fact, are, um, this was a lot of fun. I'm so glad we are doing <laughs> uh, this trilogy. I'm really excited for it. Uh, we are Cheap Seat Reviews. Uh, you can go to our website, cheapseatreviews.libsen.com where you can find links to all 380 other episodes that we've done. As well as uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, and Facebook. Emails at CheapSeatReviews at gmail.com. And that's going to do it. Uh, Go buy merch from us. Um, I'm going to give you... uh, All right, here's a secret, guys. Okay, seriously, here's a secret. I have a code that gives you 40% off the store. (laughs) So if you want to buy something from the store, DM me on Twitter or Facebook, and I will give you that code to get you 40% off.
3: Light into those DMs, people. That's right. So if
2: you're really looking for a cheap seat reviews mug or mask or T-shirt or whatever, uh, let me know. Hit me. Vibrating
1: up. egg. Yeah,
2: I don't think they have that, but we can no? make it work. Mm. Yeah, go to our website. That, our, that's our on our the link.
1: Cheap Seats After Dark show.
2: Yeah, uh, T Public yeah. is our store, uh, whatever. So go to tpublic. dot com and then just search for
3: Cheap Seat Reviews and you'll find us that way. It's the easiest Battle way. Battle axe. Magical Ooh. ring. Is there a cheap seat magical ring I can get there? I
2: still want to get the actual cheap seat reviews glasses because we keep talking about, you know, watching through the cheap seat reviews, the CSR <laughs> glasses.
3: I would love to get actual glasses
2: with the uh, cheap seat reviews on it. I think that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. I have nothing more to say. On behalf of Sam, Andrew, and Cameron, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week for the two towers.
1: review.